So I was talking to a fella who had made the move from California uh, to Florida. And he was telling me that Florida is much better governed, uh, safer, better budget, uh, lower taxes, all this stuff. And he's really happy with the quality of life. And then he paused and he said, oh, by the way, I'm Gavin Newsom's father-in-law. So we do count Gavin's in-laws as some of the people that have fled California um, and come to the state of Florida. Fox News alert, Dr. Henry Kissinger has died today at his home in Connecticut at the age of 100. Kissinger played a major role in American foreign policy across several decades. He was Nixon's national security advisor, then Secretary of State under Presidents Nixon and Ford. Played a central role in reopening America to China. The Bronx is the bluest of New York City's boroughs and the only borough with a Hispanic majority. President Biden got 83% of the vote here in 2020. But now the Biden campaign is seeing polls coming out saying President Trump is gaining traction with voters of color, even younger voters. So I came to the Bronx to put a face on the numbers and I was shocked by what I heard on the streets. news with resistance shakes we're your hosts leah and michelle we're so glad that you're here so leah yes ma'am ron DeSantis calling out gavin newsom because his dad is fleeing his, Cali- his father his father-in-law has fled california for florida yeah it, it, you can't make this stuff up <laughs> it's the best thing ever so there was a debate this week it went really well yeah it went really well for ron DeSantis, and i know some people like trump DeSantis, but actually this is a really good debate for uh the rest of the world to see it was failing uh democratic policies speaking of trump though He's literally turning the Bronx mega. Biden is. Oh, Biden. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Yeah, Biden. Biden economics every, he, is doing Trump's job for him. Yeah, I think it's the 899 12 packs of Coke. You know, don't you know, mess with people's soda probably pack. like 12 bucks or something in the Bronx. It's probably 15. Yeah, it's super expensive. So people are like, bring back my boy. Bring Trump. back my boy Trump. Well, I could afford gas. And soda pop. Yeah. It's Leah, what else is coming? Yeah, so I've got a really neat clip here uh, from uh, uh, Thomas Massey talking about the censorship. So we're going to dive deep into government censorship. All right, we've got all that and so much more coming up right after these messages. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. So let's talk turkey. Last week we did a rerun. Yeah. For, for I'm so sorry about that. We had every intention of getting you guys like a real episode to watch on Friday. But it didn't happen. No, but we had a lot of <clears throat> stuff going on last week, so you can rewatch it. I know. It. We did a lot of Thanksgiving things. We brought people into the house while you made potato rolls and yeah, a whole bunch fun. of other things. We did fun stuff. We did a lot of Thanksgiving specials. We did a Thanksgiving special with Scott Kesterson. We did Yeah, we did the history of Thanksgiving. What the woke left uh, doesn't want you to know about your Christian origin. Yeah, so it was really, really awesome. fun. We had a really fun Thanksgiving So go check that time. out. Uh, and I also, I think probably one of the most important episodes we've done to date True. And I know there's a lot, uh, was our Revelation Red Pill on Wednesday. When we're looking and we're going to talk about all kinds of problems. <laughs> okay. And that's what we do on our show. We talk about all kinds of problems. We bring you some solutions. But we're actually just kind of talking about treating cancer, mm. but we need to eliminate it. 
And you mean metaphorically, not like the actual cancer. No, we can yeah. talk about that too, but absolutely. That's not what you mean. Well, it, it, it translates into it really reality. Does because when you go back to Rockefeller, who took over the Making medical industry with petroleum medicine based medicine, exactly. So you really can cure cancer. It's true. You really can heal a lot of uh, sicknesses and diseases. At the end of the episode on Wednesday night, we were live. Mm -hmm. And one of our viewers said, girls, this could be the very best episode you've ever done. Yeah. So go back and watch Revelation Red Pill episode So what did we do? What was, the, what was the episode about? We were going back to what happened. How did we get here from industrialization? So we covered three guys. Yes, we did. Vanderbilt, Rockefeller, Actually, J.P. Well, Morgan. We really covered four guys. Who am I missing? Well, we didn't really dive in so much into Vanderbilt, but we did. It was Carnegie, Rockefeller, and, and Carnegie. Yeah, and J.P. Yeah. Morgan. Yeah. So these men that in, in the History Channel clips that we were using say say the men who built America. Yeah. And, we and, would say the men who built industrialized death cult America. Yeah, absolutely destroyed America. Yeah. And the one that you never really hear about is J.P. Morgan, right? Uh, the banker who ended up uh, head of. How uh, bad can a banker really be, Leah? How bad can a banker really be? Watch my episode. You'll, you'll, you'll need to see. You can find it on our channel on brighteon.com. You can. It's pretty awesome. Are we have an entire playlist for the Revelation Red Pill. It's, it's literally the only place outside of the book face that will allow us to have a playlist. Remember when YouTube used to give us playlists so we could put all the videos in, in a certain thing in a playlist? Mm -hmm. Brighteon.com and our channel there, Resistance Chicks, is the only place where you can get a playlist. So sure. Revelation Red Pill, that's, that's, our, that's our playlist for Revelation Red Pill. For sure. Somebody died this week. He did. And you know what? He, he reminds me of these jokers that we just covered this week. Hmm. I know there's some people that really love Henry Kissinger, but I'm not that person. Uh, you know, it's 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 one of those things where when my enemy despises someone, then you normally have this uh, reaction to, to not despise them. And maybe sure. you think they're a good guy. But what we discovered with um, the with Rockefeller and, and Morgan and Vanderbilt is that there's a ruling class that plays both sides, mm -hmm. Democrat and Republican, and the uniparty. And so Henry Kishner is one of those uniparties. He was under Nixon. He served as a uh, basically the head of foreign policy for years. And then up until, until he died, how did he get so wealthy? Uh, we're going to cover that on the back half of our show um, off of Brideon, but I just kind of wanted to, to pop in here on Brideon. A very evil man died this week. Mm-hmm. At one who was responsible for at least three three million deaths worldwide. That's good. He pushed us forward into Vietnam and he authorized the bombings of Laos and Cambodia. And did you know Bo Pony's wife is from yeah. the Cambodian killing field? Killifield? You know, you guys can watch that episode. It's one of the most powerful episodes we've ever done. Just put in Killing Fields mm -hmm. on resistancechicks.com. And really um, powerful. it's such a powerful episode where she literally comes from those killing fields mm -hmm. of Cambodia that you hear about. Yeah, God rescued her out. Amen. Um, and she's so, such a beautiful and, soul. And, but here's the thing. American foreign policy wrecked the lives of so many people. And he is known for creating, normalizing these relations with China. And when you think about this, he ushered in this for, this kind of fourth industrial revolution, mm -hmm. ruined China. Yeah, ushered them into like supposedly bringing in them, you know, taking advantage of the Communist Party. And the Communist Party's idea under Chairman Mao was that no one would have to work. Mm -hmm. They had these visions of just robots, and that everybody would have fur coats, and that was their vision. 
Well, we obviously know that that's not true. Right. But when Kissinger made, instead of what he should have done is we're having no deals with the communist Chinese party. Exactly. We were promised that if we had these relations with the communist party, that we would bring them out of communism. Instead, we have the police state. We have the, we have the te technocracy that we're in today. And Henry Kissinger is to blame for me, even the, when he has met his maker, which he did and his life flashed before his eyes, mm. the amount of hell that he is going through right now, you don't want to face that he is responsible. And what happens when you die? And I, 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 I encourage you all to go see the movie after death after death but yeah angel studios so good so what happens when you die and you have not repented and turned from your sins every single word that you've ever said mm -hmm. that you haven't turned from yeah is flashed before your eyes and everything that you haven't repented from and so we the bible says we are held accountable for every idle word spoken how much that. more how much more and even we Christians, there's if there's things that we haven't yeah. gotten creed from and, and repented from. You don't from, get to take it with you. You got to get let's an accounting. Jesus covers our sins. But you got to go over it. You got to know it. You got to know it. And and it's I, I really love the movie After Death because it was a Christian woman. And she was, she she got to meet Jesus and she knew that she would go to heaven. Yeah. But she went through her whole life and she said, all the things that I, inter all the interactions I had with people, she said it act it it broke my heart. Mm. I didn't recognize the words that I had said had had so much damaging effect on other people. And she was this good Christian person. How much more Henry Kissinger when he's going to see that um, like multi level marketing, like he's at the top. Come on. And then this person killed and tortured this person. Or this person yeah. got napalmed, and this person got wow. you know their lives ruined. And and and, and it's, you know we talk about the butterfly effect. Mm -hmm. Some of us have a giant effect on that literally like first sphere. You know, you can take, mm -hmm. let's say you go to a hundred in the butterfly mm -hmm. effect. That literal like the very next thing, that it's catastrophic. So the number of amputees in Cambodia skyrocketed after Henry Kissinger yeah. authorized the going in of Laos that uh, you had mm -hmm. their dictator rise to power and um, all these landmines that were left yes. just blowing limbs off. And so I'm hoping, and I do know that this is true, he's going to feel every limb that was blown off. Oh, dear God, Leah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Imagine that. I don't want and, to. And he doesn't care. He, he didn't care. He cares now. He cares, he cares very much now. Um you know, this this first clip that I have is something that we, we all need to care, care about. <laughs> you guys remember the uh, biolab, the random uh, Chinese biolab that was found in California in some kind mm -hmm. of like abandoned building? It, yes. and it, it looked like something out of a horror movie. Like there was no professionalism. Things were not kept under lock and key. It was not sanitized. Yes. They were humanized. There were humanized mice. You're freaking me out. There were there was a a refrigerator that was labeled Ebola. Okay, and none of these were in any sort of containment. All right. Well, we've got a representative Neil Dunn who who grills the CDC uh, uh, director on finding this biolab. She tries to obfuscate and say, "Well, we investigated for two days." Two whole days? And we didn't find what the health department of California found. We didn't find the HIV and the Ebola that was in their report. Where did it go? And so I just want you to know. What did you do with it? As you put it? As you're watching this clip, do not believe her. When she says, 
show me proof. They never showed me proof. Do you know, I have seen Sandra Bullock in the net. They kill, They wipe, They will erase you. They will erase you and then they will lie to your face. and They will make you question your own existence. Do not pee on my foot and tell me it's raining. We're not supposed to say that. All right, let's listen to Representative Neil then. Chairman Dr. Cohen, I appreciate you being here today. Uh, in addition to being a member of the Energy Commerce Committee, I serve on the Select Committee on China. Uh, the Select Committee recently published a bombshell bipartisan report. Uh, you're aware of it. You've said on the illegal bio lab that was discovered in Reedley, California. This warehouse was located in the center of a small town just across the street from an elementary school and a block down from the city hall. Uh, the clandestine, they're calling it a bio lab, was a disaster waiting to happen. The CDC's response, or rather the lack of response, clearly endangered millions of Americans. Uh, and there were a couple of things that really stood out to me. The first is that the CDC's select agent program completely failed the people of Ridley, California. The CDC literally refused. They did not respond when they were requested. They responded months later and only when uh, Congressman Costa made that request. Uh, to uh, come to the town and, and assess the situation. This, the discovery, I remind you, was made by a housing code inspector who was tracing a garden hose that was, went in a window. That's how this was found. It took a phone call from Costa to get there finally. Once the CDC arrived months after the first request, the investigation he conducted was completely unprofessional and inadequate. And I say that as a professional in the field. The CDC didn't test one vial, even the ones that were labeled tuberculosis, SARS-CoV-2, and Ebola. An entire refrigerator listed, labeled Ebola, that is a uh, select federal agent, by the way, and HIV was there. Uh, this, is, uh, this facility is completely unlicensed warehouse, no licensing whatsoever. Over 20 potential pathogens, so 1,000 transgenic, nice, humanized, uh, there were zero isolation facilities that would be necessary to either legally or safely handle these agents. And perhaps most egregious and simple-minded, the agency didn't even bother to translate the Chinese labels. There were some vials that had only Chinese labels. Didn't even ask for a translation on this. Amazing. Uh, when local officials started to dispose of these materials, they asked CDC what to do with the Ebola again, a federal select agent, and a CDC branch chief. I have these emails I'd like to submit for uh, the record. Without objection. Thank you. CDC branch chief belatedly responded saying, ah, we don't see an urgent need to test these samples at the moment. Most of the material we identified was not considered a serious threat to public health. HIV, SARS-CoV-2, hepatitis, malaria, and Ebola, not considered a serious threat to public health. But, uh, you know, um, the conclusion made by the experts at CDC that a refrigerator labeled Ebola was unlikely to contain Ebola. And you look at the totality of this situation, it reads like a nightmare, a horror story. In what world is this okay? How do you expect the American people to take our public health institutions seriously when this is their reaction to a very real situation? Uh, the CDC should not ignore pleas from local public health. And by the way, the California Public Health Service asked them to 
sample of stuff too. The CDC should test substances if requested by local government. Sir, surely that meets a threshold test. And I'd like you to explain, um, is the CDC supposed to be the first line of defense for human infection agents in the United States? Well, thank you, Congressman, for the opportunity to respond. There were a number of inaccuracies in that report. And so I want to make sure you know that when we were asked and invited by the leaders of that investigation, FBI, FDA, uh, state and local officials, we did deploy. We did look at, um, uh, we were there for a two and a half day investigation. Um, and we did not see any evidence of select agents. Not only did we look at all of the uh, the, the paperwork, the vials, the, the freezers, um, we Let me just also because we're running out of time, let me reclaim it. Yes, they responded, but they did not respond when they were first requested. They responded months, months later. So that's I mean, that, and we have that on, I mean, we, we had that examined by the FBI, came to our committee and told us that. That's who we got that information from. If you have better information than the FBI, you need to let us know. Great. We would be happy to, to share the um, more about the timeline, but when we were asked, we did deploy no select agents um, on, on site there. Um, and we can't. Yeah, you work. know, you didn't test for anything. Well, so right, this is where our experts did a two and a half day review. I want to address what you were talking about related to Ebola. When we heard after the fact that someone said something was labeled Ebola, we took 300 pictures. We did not see one. Um, it bit was of on the front of a refrigerator. We didn't see that. We asked folks to say, do you have a picture of that? Could we validate that for someone else? No one could validate that for us. Um, so, you know, so we, we just not blow off the California Public Health Department and say, oh, we don't believe you. You know, obviously, my time is is, is uh, expired, Mr. Chairman. I, I have to tell you, though, in, in my professional career in, in biological warfare, I have never seen anything like this. By the way, the worst concern I have, this may not be the only one. This is one that a housing code inspector found. Let's marshal all the housing code inspectors gentlemen, in the country. Turn them loose to find these things. I appreciate the gentleman's passion. The gentleman's time is up. I have so much to say on this. First and foremost, she was lying through her teeth. And lying I love that he called out the facts. So we're just supposed to blow off the entire California Department of Health. Okay. This was just a standard housing inspection that discovered this. And I love was that he says. Hose. This was just a city worker. He wants to marshalize these people. Because apparently nobody else is finding this. This lab was purportedly given $1.3 million of undisclosed funds from China. Yeah. How many more of these are in existence right now, Leah Faith? I, I, we don't know. But we do know that this illegal biolab had thousands of vials and other containers, some labeled with potentially deadly infectious agents There's a agents school. It's right by a city hall. Including HIV and Ebola. So on, on November 15th, House... Two schools. Former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and Representative Jim Costa, Democrat, by the way, discussed their concerns about the lab at a press conference with local officials at the House Select Committee. This is a bipartisan effort, by the way. We're Gosh. thinking about how COVID really came out of China, and we have a lot of questions there. Did you know that they found 1,000 mice there, 200 dead, and they were literally designed to carry COVID-19? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so the research uh, lab came to light in December of 2022 when Jaslyn uh, Harper, a code enforcement officer for the city, uh, noted, noticed a green garden hose uh, uh, protruding from the back of a warehouse Ow! that was believed to be vacant. According to the report, Ms. Harper initially referred the case to Fresno County and the FBI. However, 
Two months later, the FBI informed her that it had closed the investigation because the FBI said that there were no weapons of mass destruction on the property. Local officials obtained an... Here's the thing. Can you and I just operate a biolab by ourselves? What is even happening right now? Can you, I and, I, can you and I just operate a biolab on our own? No. No, we cannot. Oh, there's nothing to see here. There's literally nothing to see here. A thousand miles. Now, when were they actually deployed after the depart the uh, California Department of Health? Well, the right. Well, they didn't go for 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 they did they didn't go. Um, despite offers from the city officials to cover testing expenses, the CDC declined to conduct tests. What they didn't do, they didn't test the vials. They just, she just said it, nothing was labeled. Okay, and they what were you labeled. Said. Declined to conduct tests or examine the unlabeled. There were unlabeled vials and samples. The report uh, from the from the House Committee, bipartisan, said that even though it had not tested any samples from the Reedley Lab, the CDC concluded that there was no evidence of select agents or toxins. How did they dispose of these, by the way? But here's Where my wait. Go? Full stop, Leah. What was this lab? See, this is my question for they, this for this for them. What was this lab? Yeah. What was it? You're telling me there weren't any weapons of mass destruction there, but what was it? Oh, well, obviously it was a bio lab conducting research. But it research. was doing it illegitimately and illegally. Local officials and contractors reported that they found a freezer labeled Ebola with, My those, gosh. with silver sealed bags found inside, consistent with how the Reedley Biolab operators stored sensitive biological and other materials. The report criticized the decision made by the CDC to not test the materials the cdc's refusal to test local uh to, to test left local officials unable to assess the danger so here they are these cities officials have to contract with hazardous waste um people i'd be like i don't know what's in here but we have to dispose of it oh my god this is this is absolutely in, insane so the cdc and others uh hung up on them ignored them until they do that when they're trying to Democrat cover something congressman up. jim costa called them he said at the press conference but when the cdc showed up they should what they should have done right then and there was test all test everything that they did not they did not test the pathogens they did not even find all of them they left a freezer with ebola in it and we know how lethal that is says kevin mccarthy in response to requests of a comment the cdc official with knowledge <laughs> On the investigation, so the CDC strongly disputes the report's conclusions, criticals of the agency. Uh, so, I yeah, this is this is crazy. So, Mr. Zhu was arrested in October. That's no pun. That's Z H U. What by the Food and Drug Administration was later charged with manufacturing and distributing misbranded medical devices and making false statements to the FDA. A complaint filed on October 18th shows Mr. Zhu, 62, came to the United States from China under the alias Quang David. He in 2021. 2021. So Mr. Zhu identified himself as Quang Yi multiple times to officials from various agencies and claimed he could speak on behalf of two companies, uh, Universal Meditech and Prestige Biotech. However, fingerprints from Quang Yi matched the fingerprints obtained by Mr. Zhu when he came into the country seven times between 2003 and 2008. He faces a maximum of three years in prison for, for the misbranding charge and five more years for the false statements. As for court records, from December 2020 to March 2023, Mr. 
Zoo and accomplices purportedly engaged in unauthorized manufacturing, importation, sale, and distribution of hundreds of thousands of COVID-19 and other test kits in both uh, the United States and China. In addition to the charges for the Reedley Biolab, the committee found Mr. Zhu is a wanted fugitive in Canada and approximately $240 million uh, judgment against him for stealing intellectual property. At a minimum, the Reedley Biolab shows the profound threat that unlicensed and un unknown biolabs pose to the country. At worst, this investigation revealed significant gaps in our nation's defenses and pathogen-related regulations. So I want to know, were they really just making COVID-19 tests? I would say at worst, no. the United States knows full well China that China was there. in here, in our country, with these guys paying them millions of dollars. First he was in Canada, then he's here. Do not tell me we are not at war. They spread this virus everywhere to try to control, manipulate, and kill people. This is an evil regime, and it's got to go down. And you can only hear that where? On the Brighteon Network, Brighteon.tv. And if you want to support the Brighteon Network and the amazing work that they are doing, go to the Brighteon store. Use promo code CHICKS and get all of your Christmas presents yes. at the Brighteon store. My favorite is the, this uh, Hawaiian astaxanthin. It's the king of carotenoids. You can use it. It's actually got Where's a natural body? sunblock in it. Yeah. Okay. You've got free radicals going through your body because of all these bad, unhealthy products. Yeah, make them this charged to be there. This is a daily thing. <laughs> And <laughs> this is a daily take for me to literally flush all of that out. It's good for the cardiovascular system. It's good for everything. That's your heart. It's right there. It's on sale right now for twenty no twenty nine ninety five. So it's twenty nine percent off. Go to the Bright Hand store. Use promo code Chicks and make your family members healthy this Christmas. And we'll be right back with so much more coming after these messages. You don't want to miss it. We're so glad you're here. So, Leah, somewhere along the lines, I'm not going to lie, and I know that we bring the news, so don't shoot me this like, Michelle, you giant idiot little sister. I missed, really, Gavin Newsom's, like, official entering into the race. He's not. Of pres he, the presidential he's debate. He's not. He's not. He he just, he, they challenged each other to a duel, and, But you know what this is. Gavin they Newsom. They are literally saying, you know what, Biden, Trump. We're running our own presidential race unofficially against one another without you people. So I don't know exactly what this is, because at the end of the debate, Gavin Newsom said the one thing we have many differences, but the one thing that we have in common, and this is a dig for DeSantis, is that neither of us will be the nominee for our party in 2024. Wow. And this was a dig at DeSantis. Sure. But he, he, in his sneering way, uh, he, I'm sure that Gavin Newsom is ready to fill a gap when needed and when yes. called upon. Yes. Right? He so, knows his job. But however, all of that being said, this debate was a very good debate. It was. And it really put the Republican, the good policies on display. And I really do appreciate Ron DeSantis stepping up here. He showed that he can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the best of them. I don't like seeing Ron DeSantis. I don't go going toe-to-toe Republicans. I don't like seeing that at all. I don't like seeing, it's not fun. But when you've got somebody with those, he does have good debate skills and he does have his facts lined up. And Newsom does not. And he's he does not. a terrible debater. Well, I would not say that he's terrible. I'll tell you what he is. He's slick willy. Mm. So he ha he didn't have the facts, but he's a great. Exactly. He's a great, no, you're right. It's a good point. It's a good great point. debater. Because the, <laughs> what they did, he got his sound bites that he'll take and he'll put on Instagram. Mm -hmm. His little Democrat sound bites. That's all he wanted. On the debate stage, here's my. They don't put the rebuttals up. They don't. They don't put up fact checks up. Do you know what most both sides actually appreciate the debating of of one side versus the other instead yeah. of eating each other, like with yeah, the Republican they do. debates. 
the I have one clip I'm going to play for you guys here, and I think most of us are from, familiar with the Gender Queer book, and it's yes. very uh, disturbing, highly inappropriate for kids, and it and the the dynamic here is that California is being called out by the le- or Florida is being called out by the left, saying that they're banning books. So he brings a picture of and he blacks out, you know, inappropriate material. But he says, this is in your library. This is not about banning books. It's about banning pornography for children, which we should all be on board for. So I'm going to play this clip for you. I actually have something that I brought that some parents have objected to. So this is a book that's in some of the schools in California. Florida, this is not consistent with our standards, called Gender Queer. I, it's, some of it's blacked out. You would not probably be able to put this on air. This is pornography. It's cartoons. It's aimed at children. Uh, and it's wrong. So this should not be in schools. Uh, when people like on the left say that somehow you're banning books by removing this from a young kid's classroom. No, this is not age appropriate. And so we're going to stand for the rights of parents. I think we need to do that nationwide. I don't think you can have a situation where some states just trample on the rights of parents. Parents have a fundamental right to direct the education and upbringing of their kids. So did you guys notice that this was done uh, by Sean Hannity? Uh, It was a Fox News debate. And What's very interesting is that all the debates are always very one-sided. Mm-hmm. It's always, quote-unquote, the mainstream media. The Republicans have, like, MSNBC or NBC hosting their debates. Is that something? It is something. And so I feel that Gavin Newsom stepping into this platform and into this arena, there is a demonic arena when the right goes in and has people who are being led by demons, basically, to shape a narrative, which we're going to talk about uh, in a minute here, shaping the narrative. But then to have this kind of a little bit more of a neutral platform, and I would say even the audience being more of a Christian audience, that I feel that Gavin Newsom and the left, they're losing the narrative. And they're losing where they can speak. Their echo chamber is shrinking because people are leaving it. Mm -hmm. And so in order to get their sound out, they have to leave their echo chambers. But you have to remember, it's really something. You know, Gavin Newsom is a very slick willy. He was the guy who uh, had that uh, beautiful dinner in a in a in a restaurant when nobody else could, and he was locking people up. Mm-hmm. He was married to Kimberly Guffill, who is now um, ha- shacking up with. Don Jr. Which so this makes is kind you of all kind of, of wonder how much all of this is incestuously related. I'm I just saying. I do feel it. I do feel it. Uh, but speaking of the left and, and their narrative, they're losing the narrative. The more it comes out that they were trying to control the narrative, the, the less powerful they are. So I'm going to play this clip here from Elon Musk talking about how Twitter, before he bought it, was a sock puppet, puppet literally for the government. I mean, the degree to which... Uh, old Twitter was basically a sock puppet of the government was ridiculous. Um, so, you know, it, it seems to me that there's, there's a, a very severe violation of the First Amendment um, in terms of how much the government control, uh, how, how much control the government had over old Twitter. Um, and uh, it no longer does. So, you know, there's a reason for the First Amendment. Um, the reason for the First Amendment for freedom of speech is because the, the, the people that immigrated to this country uh, came from places where there was not freedom of speech. And and they were like, you know what, we've we, we got to make sure that that's constitutional. Um, because where they came from, if they said something, they'd be put in prison. That's absolutely true. And I have this clip here from Bannon and Tucker 
on how they are trying to criminalize any opinion that does not that, that does not align with the state. Let's go ahead and roll this. If a government makes it a crime to criticize that government's policies, then it's not by definition a free country, is it? Uh, I think you're absolutely correct. And I think you're seeing that here in the United States. I mean, as you know, I mean, you're, you're hounded all the time. If you have a different opinion from the state, right, they're trying to criminalize that. And they're doing that, trying to do that every day here in the United States. It's one of the reasons that if they can't criminalize it to actually use the courts and the uh, police state like the FBI to come after you, they'll basically partner with big tech to either deplatform you or to other you. Uh, we're seeing this here in the United States. And, and this is just about the situation of the problem. Think about the solution. I keep telling people, hey, think downrange to 2025. If we're able to win and close in that win, think of the issues we have to deal with, not just in the budget, but with the deportations. I mean, we have 9 million or 8 or 9 million here today just on Biden's watch. Center for Immigration Studies says we're going to have another 6 million by the time we get to the election next year. That's 14 or 15 million I think illegal alien invaders are coming because they've gamed the asylum system. My belief is those people have to go home. They have to be returned. They have to leave our country or we're not going to have a country. Uh, you're going to see hate speech law. You're going to see, I mean, even the discussion about this over the last couple of weeks with the people at Project 2025 and Stephen Miller and others have all of a sudden got the, the media saying, oh, we're setting up concentration camps. This is going to be worse than the Japanese in World War II, all of that. And that's just even mentioning the concept of it. So. Uh, the the issue of how it happened and it's happening every day in the country is bad enough. And if you stand up to it, you know, you're, you're called a nativist, a xenophobe, a racist, uh, you know, a, a domestic terrorist, a violent extremist. But if you even start to uh, bring up what's going to happen for, for a solution, like in Midtown Manhattan, where you have to empty out the Roosevelt Hotel and those folks have to go home, uh, it's going to get 10 times worse. And so I hope people that watch your show appreciate the fact uh, particularly maybe people that are not that political, that we're going to have and not just turbulence. We're going to have a firestorm in this country that is going to pale in comparison, I think, to what you saw in Ireland last week. Wow. Mm. That's, those are some strong words from Bannon. Absolutely. You know, I got some more strong words. Thomas Massey has been kind of at the tip of the spear. He has been exposing the CDC. He's been exposing, exposing masks more than any other congressperson that we have. And what's very ominous is when you have the government censoring the government so his own tweets were flagged wow by the government let's roll this i yield back gentleman yields back uh, chair recognized gentleman from kentucky for five minutes thank the chairman uh miss troy you said stated in your opening statement that this committee was indulging in fantasy detached from reality that members of this committee and their witnesses make grand and vague accusations about government censorship and that we are spreading conspiracy theories about government censorship. Would one of those conspiracy theories be that government-funded agencies were flagging and trying to censor official congressional accounts on social media? Are you denying that that occurred? I would have no knowledge of that. I'm not aware of that. Happening. Well, we're going to make you aware of that right now. Mr. Schellenberger, uh, can... Can you speak to this tweet? I saw that you flagged this in one of your recent uh, articles on Substack. Can you, can you tell us uh, why this tweet brought attention in your article? Yeah, because that was one of the tweets that, uh, uh, that the Virality Project at Stanford Institute Internet Observatory had flagged to Twitter um, as misinformation. 
and that uh, I believe it was labeled or censored in some other way. So it was um, the Stanford Virality Project that is funded by the, the government, is it not? Yes, it is. And so their purpose, ostensibly, is to stop misinformation, malinformation, and uh, to flag things they say that might be against the terms of service of the uh, social media companies. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Ms. Troy, is, is there any reason you think that this should have been flagged? Depends on whether you're spreading inaccurate information. Well, it references a study Same from Israel, a published study from Israel, and the, and the tweet just restates the title of the study. Does it trouble you that companies to review their policies? It's an internal choice. Yeah. Are you going to are you going to sit here and maintain that it's a conspiracy theory that this occurred? We have the documents. Mr. Schellenberger has the documents that showed that this occurred. Well, then it was flagged for a reason. What's the reason? Is there ever a good reason to censor a member of Congress? This is my official account. This is not a personal account. This is not a campaign account. This is my communication with my constituents. By the way, I bring this up not to, not to claim that members of Congress have more right to free speech than the general public. In fact, I don't even think the press or the media has more rights to the First Amendment than the general public. The general public has the same rights that we have. And I bring this up to show, number one, that your testimony is false. But number two, if they can do this to a member of Congress's official account, they can do it to anybody. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to move on to the origins of these programs. Mr. Schellenberger, can you tell us about the Cyber Threat Intelligence League? Was this a, just a group of uh, vigilantes, uh, concerned citizens, or was it in any way connected to the government? And what did they, what did they endeavor to do? Yeah, this was, uh, so first of all, it's a, it's a pretty ludicrous uh, founding, which was that this is a group of, it was Israeli, uh, for, so-called former Israeli intelligence, uh, former British intelligence, also working at Microsoft, and others who, who basically said, we're gonna volunteer our services. These are some of the world's greatest so-called cybersecurity professionals volunteering their services to multi-billion dollar hospital and healthcare organizations whose own IT organizations spend millions of dollars a year on cybersecurity supposedly volunteering this. This was the premise of the whole thing. It then created this third part that I mentioned. They had physical security, cybersecurity, they added cognitive security, and the people that did that were two UK and US military contractors. This, is, this was one of the most sophisticated mis you know, disinformation operations that I've ever seen. I've been involved in progressive causes for over 30 years. I've never seen uh, anything so organized, anything that was so, uh, so focused on a particular goal and it had so many people that came from military and intelligence organizations. It gave me the creeps just reading about it. And, and in the documents, is it true that they used their agency seals, FBI, CISA, uh, when they were communicating with each other? That's right, and, we, and, there's, and the whistleblower provided uh, screenshots of Slack conversations that included officials from DHS, Facebook, and the CTIL League. So it would be hard for somebody to claim that these folks weren't agents of the government or acting in coordination with the government or using things that they learned in their government. Were they still, were some of them still employed by the U.S. government when they were undertaking this? Yes, uh, Pablo Brewer was working for the U.S. Navy at the time. And 
The others were many of the others were claiming to be volunteering their time even while working their day jobs for the government. I thank you, uh, Mr. Chairman. I yield back. Gentleman yields back. Gentleman. You know the way she was doubling down? Well, then it was taken down for a reason. Ha! Huh. I couldn't believe it. Like, she went huh. into this, like, I am in the right, and what we are doing, this is war. It's, yeah. Uh, she went in, I, I have to give her props for that. Out of anybody that has been grilled, she wasn't trying to sidestep. She wasn't trying to, 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 to do anything other than to tell her truth. She, my friends, is an ideologue. Yeah, so Michael Schellenberger, who uh, was there and Thomas Massey was referencing, has a substack where he exposes all these, the CITL, the CTIL files, and how the U.S. and the U.K. military contractors created a sweeping plan for global censorship in 2018. Yeah. And uh, I don't have time to play this video today because I got, I actually uh, have a couple more I want to get to, but... When you recognize that this is something that has been on the books for a long time, and they, it's in 2018, so many people insist that governments aren't involved in censorship, but they are now. And now a whistleblower has come forward with an explosive new trove of documents rivaling or exceeding the Twitter files and Facebook files in scale and importance. Uh, the whistleblower makes uh, a trove of new documents available to public and uh, racket showing the birth of the censorship industrial complex in reaction to Brexit and the Trump election in 2016. So whistleblower has come forward with an explosive new trove of documents rivaling. Okay, they describe the activities of an anti-disinformation group called the Cyber Threat Intelligence League, CIDL, uh, that officially began as the Volunteer Project of data scientists, that's what Thomas Massey was talking about, and defense and intelligence veterans, but the, whose tactics over time appear to have been absorbed into multiple official projects, including those of the DHS. Uh, the CIDL League uh, documents offer missing link answers to key questions not addressed in the Twitter files and Facebook files. Combined, they offer a comprehensive picture of the birth of the anti-disinformation sector. So in 2019, they literally go on, and there's a video clip that I'll show later, where you've got these intelligence agencies talking about how they are going to control us and manipulate the narrative through social media in 2019, right before COVID-19 drops. So uh, one document says, lock your blank down. Uh, after creating your spy disguise. <laughs> wow. Another explains that while such activities overseas are typically done by the CIA and the NSA and the Department of Defense, censorship efforts against Americans have been done using private partners because the government doesn't have the legal authority. Mm. Wow. It's unconstitutional. Which means it's illegal. By the, the way, exactly. The whistleblower alleges that a leader of the CIDL League, a former British intelligence analyst, was in the room at the Obama White House in 2017 when she received instructions to create a counter disinformation project to stop a repeat of 2016. And that's what they've been doing ever since because they've been hammering. And I've got another video I'm going to show you how Apple and Google are being used and being manipulated. Uh, there's a an interesting search bar and it's called... Um, which one is it? Me to me global search. And it's from Joshua. And I use that and I can get, so I wanted to see how what Alex Jones had to say about Henry Kissinger. If you put in Infowars Henry Kissinger, you're going to get all the Sandy Hook stuff. You're not going to get any Infowars stuff, which you used to. Right. Okay. Uh, if you go, you have to go to these alternate search engines because they are literally manipulating our mind. Yeah. 
The one thing that they can't do, even with social media, is lie to you when your pockets are empty. I feel like I want to like pull out, I don't have one of those jackets on where I can pull out empty pockets, but yeah. When you cannot go to the McDonald's, Here it comes. because it's like $6.99 for a double cheeseburger, oh my then the people in the Bronx be saying something ain't right here. Under my boy Trump, I can afford my Big Mac. I can go to the grocery store. I had gas. I had some monies. So listen, that is where the rubber meets the road. You can try all the social media stuff for people who are thinking, but then every day people reach in their pocket, I ain't got no more money. Let's roll this. The Bronx is the bluest of New York City's boroughs and the only borough with the Hispanic majority. President Biden got 83% of the vote here in 2020. But now the Biden campaign is seeing polls coming out saying President Trump is gaining traction with voters of color, even younger voters. So I came to the Bronx to put a face on the numbers and I was shocked by what I heard on the streets. Do you think that President Biden is doing a good job with the economy? No, he's not doing nothing yeah, to support nobody. Is he doing a good job? Yes or no? No, no. I, I can see we're all going to be the streets homeless. Biden and his press secretary said that prices are going down. Is that your experience or is that not true? No, that is definitely not true. Prices are definitely going up. I used to go across the streets to Fordham to go get me a meal. I can't even get me a meal because I made $20. <laughs> Minority communities, we're not seeing the improvement. Uh, I, I, there's inflation with everything, food, gas, insurance prices. I mean, you name it. Well, Bidenomics is not working. It's, it's just a complete mess. It's a disaster, especially here in New York City. We're feeling it very hard. You could say anything to Biden right now who says that the economy is improving, especially in black and brown communities. What would you say to him? That's lies. I believe that's lies. Heavy lies on that, for sure. Do you think that somebody else besides Biden should be president? Yes, Next of time? course. Of course. Uh, bring back Trump. Tell me why. Um, we want all oh, we want. We have money. We have money when Trump was president. Free my son Trump. Free my son Trump. Trump 2024, everybody. Trump 2022. That's crazy. <laughs> and we're here in the Bronx. I'm going to vote for Trump if he runs because I feel like it was much better when he was here financially for everybody, not just me, for everybody. I'm definitely voting for Donald Trump. He made sure we had money in our pockets. <laughs> he was for the people. He made sure we had what we needed. I feel like everything will go back to how it was. I mean, ever since he's been out of office, everything's declined. When Trump was president, my life was good. Economical-wise, I was doing so much better. They're saying it's going to be Biden-Trump, so who will you vote for? Oh, I ain't going to lie. I'm going to have to go for Trump. Sorry. I'm going to go for Trump. Trump. Always Trump. Here, let me see. Who are you voting for? Trump. Feeling the pain of price hikes is one thing, but the show of open support for former President Donald J. Trump on the streets of the Bronx was very surprising. And it's the sort of thing that has Biden campaign strategists looking very carefully at the messaging around Bidenomics as we get closer to 2024. Reporting for Newsmax from the streets of the Bronx, New York, I'm Kara Castronova. This is why they can't allow Trump to run. Because if given the choice between Trump and Biden, you actually get a redo. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know what? I made a mistake. I made a mistake because most of these people don't understand politics at all. They are, for them, it literally, okay, I am given a choice between Coke and Pepsi. I have to choose one. And if I have to choose one, I'm going to go with Trump. Mm -hmm. That's what it's, so that's why they've been trying so hard to get Trump out. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So guys, 
Thank you for tuning in on Brighty on TV. We absolutely love this network. If you want to watch the rest of our programs, you can tune into resistancechicks.com. We do an after show always after this one, but Michelle Swinnick is up next and I'm sure she has a phenomenal show. So stay tuned to Michelle. And then this weekend, you've got resistance chicks that you can watch on resistancechicks.com. We love you. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's actually the truth. Back What's to up? this week's headline news. Yeah. We are so excited to bring you this week's headline news stories. A lot. There, so Leah puts the shows together. You work mm -hmm. so hard. Have, have I told you lately that I love Michelle you? Michelle works really hard putting all this doodads together. The doodads? <laughs> the doodads. You do! Doodad. We just lost half our audience. They no, we just gained so many. So when Leah sends me the program, mm -hmm. you put, Leah puts the whole program, all the news, all the stories. I think it's I think it's everyone is very well aware that you do all that. You send them to me, and I always get a good feel for the type of show based on the number of tabs that pop up when I open up for today's show because mm -hmm. our computers are linked and so I can pull up all your tabs. I can just literally just grab Leah's boom. tabs boom, boom, and put them in my system. Mm -hmm. There are 2,300,000. Got a big show today. 500 million tabs. Let's get to it. What happened this week that would warrant this many tabs? Well, One guy really died. Well, uh, well, it may be seen. We, we're probably going to see a, a, a rematch between Trump and Biden. Fox hosted a debate. Yes. Between Gavin Newsom. There was no audience there, though, was there? Well, yeah, there was. Was there an audience? Yeah, it Gavin Newsom like and Ron DeSantis. And Ron DeSantis did a really good job. He wiped this floor with Gavin Newsom, and it was fun. It was a fun debate to watch. Gavin Newsom got his slick willy sound bites, but I'm telling you, all in all, it was a win for conservative, and it was a win for us, I would say. And so I really, I'm, I'm excited to show you guys some, some clips from that. Yeah. Um, before we get to that, though, I do want to address something. Okay. There was, um, prior to the, the live show, and I'm sorry I wasn't in the, the live chat, there were some questions about how to find us on Brighteon for our 6 o'clock show. Oh. And um, I think it was Sunny Ann who was like, how do I find the Resistance Chicks on Brighteon? Um, I don't see to see them. I don't seem to see them there on. So so let's take a second. There's two Brighteon. I know. So we're going to do this together right now. While we just have a second, just so you guys can know. So every Friday, we go live on brighteon.tv. That's that's the website, okay? It's just called brighteon.tv. So there's no .com, because there's brighteon.com, right? Which is the social media video platform. It's kind of like youtube.com. But the actual live link, just remember this, it's brighteon.tv. So it is a ch news channel, and there are programs that play live <clears throat> uh, from like 8 a.m. to So when you get, when you arrive here, at mm -hmm. this that you're looking at right now, okay? Mm -hmm. You wanna click on where it says daily live shows, mm -hmm. now streaming. So they've got live events, mm -hmm. and then they've got daily live shows. Yeah. So you click on this, and you will get what they are playing live right then, which for from, from the 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time slot. Which you better get off of Facebook. Is Resistance Chicks. Because you're not allowed anything brighty on they Facebook. They don't know that I'm playing, I got it's it hilarious. muted. Okay, I've got it muted. So I just wanted to make that, so so anybody that's wondering on Fridays, how do I find Resistance Chicks on Brighteon? Brighteon.tv. And then just click on that the live, that daily live shows. 
right yeah, there. Yeah, and what we do after uh, Michelle, Michelle, who does an amazing job, she will put together a combined show. So if you want to watch the whole Friday uh, lineup, you can for us. You can. She'll put together our Bridie on Six O'clock show with this show that you're seeing right now, and you can watch it all together. And it'll say full show. And we did a tremendous deep dive into the Chinese bio lab yeah, really good. that we had Representative Neil Dunn, some guy we had really never heard of, to be honest with you, from a good guy, I guess. He's really good. He grilled the CDC director on these on this bio lab that was found in California with these 1,000 mice, 200 dead, Ebola, uh, sign on the refrigerator, HIV. Uh, it's like it's like crazy world over there, and we did a deep dive into that. So definitely check. But every that out. once in a while, there's a little bit of a mix up mm -hmm. with the Brighton producers and me being able to actually grab that program, which is why I encourage you to watch it live if you can. You know what? This uh, this week marks a very monumental milestone. A judge has ordered the FBI to release Seth Rich's laptop. Uh, so are we going to talk about that tonight? Or are we going to do it The murder of Seth I'm Rich excited about has this. long been one of the stones left unturned since the fall, fallout following the 2016 presidential election. A Rich, a 27-year-old staffer, which we covered extensively on our YouTube channel, for the Democrat National Committee was shot twice in the back on July 10th and nothing was stolen from him. Mm -hmm. They're claiming it's a botched robbery. No, honey child, no. All right? While walking back to his home in Washington, D.C., he was not robbed, yet his death was ruled nothing more than a botched robbery. Because when you have the police in your pocket, you can make a hit go down. He is one of the Clinton body bags. Although his murder would occur months before the election of Donald Trump, Rich's name would become inextricably tied to the buildup that culminated in the populist in that populist victory. And I believe that Seth Rich's death is the reason why Julian Assange is rotting in a prison. Hundred percent. Because they were like, you need to let you need to let us know who the name is of the leaker. So many suspect Rich was the source that of the DNC uh, leaked emails provided to WikiLeaks, a rumor which was fueled by the odd circumstances surrounding his death. And we need to take a step back for just a moment and re remember when WikiLeaks was at the top of their game and we were the right and the left united against the Uniparty. Uh, against Hillary Clinton, and we were finally the people, like in Hunger Games, uniting together against the Capitol. And really, they started, they picked us off one by one, and they shut us down on YouTube. They shut us down. They shut Alex Jones down. Um, they shut everybody down who had a voice that was important. And uh, the, the censorship regime has has really kicked up. And I would say this even to Elon Musk, the people who think that Elon Musk and Twitter is a bad in free speech. Now on my particular Twitter account, yeah, I can post whatever I want. It's not getting flagged right now. But Elon Musk's Twitter will not give me back my two other accounts. Okay, so I don't think it's about a sin of freedom. I really don't. Thomas Massey thinks it's great. That's where he posts. Well, that's fine. He's got 700,000 followers. I lost all of my... And I, and I keep getting flagged by Twitter because people keep blocking me because I'm getting stupid arguments. So there is still a Twitter jail and there's still a censorship there. All right, so the DC, uh, the sudden retirement of the DC police chief, Kathy Lanier, five weeks after the murder. Oh, I'm just going to retire. 
And an email John Podesta sent to Hillary's inner circle about the, quote, making an example of a suspected leaker written more than a year before Rich's death. Podesta, I'm definitely for making an example of a suspected leaker, whether or not we have any real basis for it. Wait, what? Troves of emails were published by WikiLeaks giving insight into the corrupt inner uh, machine of the Democrat, of the DC and D DNC. While Rich was never officially revealed as a source of the leaked emails, it has been heavenly suggested. Uh, Julian Assange was one key figure who made that suggestion when he highlighted Rich's murder during a 2016 interview in which he was asked about the risks that would come with operating WikiLeaks. Mega video founder and entrepreneur Kin.com said in May of 2017 that he worked with Rich to connect him with Assange. He says, I knew Seth Rich. I know he was the WikiLeaks source. I was involved. Wow. Yeah, let's play this Assange clip here. At one point, Assange heavily implied Rich was the source. Donald Trump has had a disastrous few weeks. If you look at the polls, he needs a miracle. Um, in the American political lexicon, there's such a thing as the October surprise. The stuff that you're sitting on, is, is an October surprise in there? We Do you even know what you're sitting on? WikiLeaks never sits on material. Uh, our whistleblowers go to significant efforts to get us material and often very significant risks. As a 27-year-old, I uh, works for the DNC, who was shot in the back, murdered uh, just two weeks ago uh, for un unknown reasons as he was walking down the street in Washington. So that was, that was just a robbery, I believe, wasn't it? No, it's, there's no finding. So uh, what are you suggesting? Sort of, what are you suggesting? I'm suggesting that our sources uh, take risks and they, are, they become concerned uh, to see things occurring uh, like that. But was he one uh, of your sources then? I mean, we don't comment on who our sources but are. Why but why make the suggestion about a young guy being shot in the streets of Washington? Because uh, we have to understand uh, how high the stakes are uh, in the United States and that our sources are, you know, our sources face serious risks. Uh, that's why they come to us so we can protect uh, their anonymity. Uh, but it's quite something and, to suggest a murder. So, That's basically what you're doing. Well, that others have have suggested that uh, we are investigating to understand uh, what happened uh, in that situation with Seth Rich. I think it is uh, a concerning situation. I, there's not a conclusion yet. We wouldn't be willing to um, state a conclusion, but we are concerned about it. And more importantly, um, a variety of WikiLeaks sources are concerned when that. So here's the funny thing. They say that Seth Rich was just a botched robbery. So why did law enforcement take possession of his personal and work laptops? In addition to other possessions found on his person at the scene of the crime. However, the information in that evidence has long been kept under lock and key, furthering speculations of a cover-up of his murder as a move for power consolidation by those with vested interests in the Democratic establishment. After years, it finally appears that they will not remain a secret much longer. The emails pointed to evidence of a pay-for-play by the Clinton Foundation donors who, uh, who, voted, who funded ISIS, the DNC cheating against Bernie Sanders, the mainstream media collusion with the Clinton campaign, Hillary's dreams of open borders, um, unaware and compliant citizens, spirit cooking email, remember all the pizza, um, 
wet works and evidence of aliens and zero point energy. The FBI must hand it over. Why does the FBI have the computer of Seth Rich all these years later if it was just a botched robbery? The FBI does not get involved in robberies. On Tuesday, federal judge Amos Mazant of the United States District Court for the Eastern District of Texas issued a memorandum opinion and ordering the FBI to release the information contained in Rich's laptops. The order comes from the lawsuit Huddleston versus Fed Bureau of Investigation. Brian Huddleston, the plaintiff in the civil case, filed a FOIA request in 2017 and 2020, compelling the FBI and the DOJ to release the information contained in the Rich's laptops. After filing those FOIA requests, the FBI and the DOJ spent years manipulating the legal system in order to avoid disclosing that evidence. It has repeatedly filed motions to say the scheduling orders advancing Huddleston's case in the aim of bringing uh, the evidence to light. In 2022, the plaintiff achieved a major victory when Judge uh, Mazant ruled the FBI improperly withheld evidence from Huddleston's FOIA request. Go figure. The order issued Tuesday dictates that the FBI finally must agree to a timeline for the disclosure of the information with Huddleston. Mazen's order to release the information in response to Huddleston's FOIA request may prove to be a watershed moment in the pursuit of revealing what information Rich had that could ha have uh, that could prove to be the motive behind this murder. To this day, no arrests have ever made have have, have ever made following his shooting. You know. I guess for me, this story, the timing of this is very interesting. Mm. And I'm going to take a little bit of a broad stroke here for a second. And I'm not trying to put ourselves in the center of the universe because clearly we are, you know, on re the realistically, periphery. yeah, very, very much on the periphery here of this. But we're approaching the seventh year. I had it right, wrong the other day. Anniversary of Resistance Chicks. We started on or January 1st of 2017. And so January 1st, 2024 will be our seventh year anniversary of Resistance Chicks. 2017 and, and 2018, but specifically 2017 was a very interesting year for Leah and I jumping headlong into a, an atmosphere that we had only looked at from the outside, but then found ourselves inside as soon as we started to cover these types of things. Guys, I don't know what happened in 2017. YouTube was still free. There was freedom on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And Leah and I and Resistance Chicks were consistently the top search results for all of these stories. I'm not kidding you. We're not we're not so when playing we're, so, a game here. We so, literally would go live and we would be the number one searched video on any given topic because we would hit it first so these so when we're talking about, and i'm not saying that we were the only voice out there there were a lot of people out there that are no longer on doing podcasts anymore mm -hmm. that did talk about this that we got a lot of really good information from mm -hmm. julian assange actually retweeted on twitter our story on syria mm -hmm. and so i when i see julian assange and i know where he's at and i know where he's rotting in jail he right now at least then knew who we were he said two girls in ohio have it right and I'm looking at Seth Rich and I'm seeing that this story is coming back around. In 2017, there was a, a total solar eclipse that went across the nation. And I'm going to keep talking about this because this specific timeline, guys, I believe from 2017 till, to 2024, this seven-year period, I got a video up for what's going to happen in 2024. Okay, so Leah's going to bring this, bring this up. We're going to talk about this. 
This has been one of the most significant periods of time in the last 100 years. Mm. These seven years. Mm -hmm. And and I'm, again, not trying to put us on some sort of weird pedestal or whatever. I'm just saying for my life, for you guys being a part of this, this is real deal, like biblical level stuff that we're living. This is and it goes back to, changing. to Seth Rich. Because what they did, what they did to Seth Rich, they've been doing for decades. And, and, and Seth Rich, hear me loud and clear, was the glitch in the matrix that made everybody, everybody saw it. The cat came twice and everybody went, whoa, wait a minute. And so Seth Rich was this, this kind of complete full stop for everybody that's going along in the, in the matrix. And they went, did you see that? And we stopped and we took pause and you stopped and you took pause. And in that moment, they have been scrambling ever since to try to, you know, with their little keyboards and to try to scramble, to put every, wait, they know, they know what's but going on. But how much do they know? And how much do they know? And what can we cover up? And how many people can we get to take the blue pill? Okay. There were a lot of people that took the blue pill. So many more of you took the red pill and they were like, and you guys were like, no, I'm not going back. I'm never going back. So for this story to come full circle back around now at the end of 2023. And it also shows you how dangerous Trump is. Yes. Because it was silencing. And, and if you, they had just let Trump be Trump. Right. Then I think they could have just put in their next guy and let it keep going. Right. But the panic had ensued and they were afraid that this Trump train would continue on. Yes. And that it would continue to, to steam ahead. Right. And they weren't wrong. I mean, the populist movement, if we were left unchecked mm -hmm. it, to tell the truth on YouTube and yeah. to be put up constantly, not just in the YouTube search results, but if you would Google certain things like the war on Syria or something, we come up and the top page the first two or three results on google yeah on google resistance chicks would so sunday wants to know when did you have shows on youtube we had shows on, first of all we had been on youtube since 2010 mm -hmm. 2010 so from 2010 to 2017 we had a youtube channel called mass faith three m-a-s-f-a-i-t-h-3 it was home studying stuff how to and we had some remodel. viral viral-ish videos lee and michelle's virgin diaries those were really fun 15 minute skits that we would do comedy really good stuff um and we would do sermons and then in 2017 january we started resistance chick so we did dual channels so we would literally stream live on mass faith three and we would upload every single video for resistance chicks on both our resistance chicks channel and our mass faith three channel Fast forward to the Reawaken America tour, um, where we interviewed a an incredible man, um, Andy Wakefield. Andrew Wakefield from Vaxed. Just trying to find Vaxed in my head from the movie Vaxed. That's when we lost our Resistance Chick channel. We had already lost our. We Mass lost Faith our Mass Faith Three channel um, uh, in. Uh, in January of 2021 because of January 6th. Because we covered all the election. Because fraud. we covered the election uh, things for three months live. We would just go live with it all on YouTube. Then uh, the Reawaken Tour in April of 2021, we went ahead and uploaded our interview with Andrew Wakefield. And it was almost like it was kind of like pressing the button like we know this is going to be the end. And then YouTube started flagging all of our videos. 3,000 videos. 3,000 
videos gone. I don't, we don't say to toot our own horn, but you know, as soon as we started our resistance chicks channel, um, I remember we covered, uh, just Bill Clinton checking out Ivanka, 90,000 views. We were the top search trees. I mean, like we were getting so many views. It was unreal. We were just literally, my mom had told us to, to start a YouTube channel and, and become professional YouTubers. She's like, people do this. And we were on our way. We were making money from ads on YouTube. It was fantastic. We didn't need to ask for, we still don't even ask, ask for donations. If you want to, we gladly take them. Um, but, uh, we, it was like, we wanted just to skate on through and do our thing. And in, and in that summer, uh, we covered Charlottesville. We had a video, got 165,000 views in less than 24 hours covering the other side of Charlottesville, the truth. And they demonetized our whole channel. And so ever since then, we were doing it completely for free, um, basically paying people to come and watch us. And then we got put what we call in YouTube basement, where they don't put you in the recommended uh, search anymore. And because our, our channel had been so... Um, good for so long that's why our mass day three channel took off and our resistance chicks hadn't because the algorithm works for the the uh, trustworthiness of your channel so our channel in in 2017 had been around for seven years with trustworthiness i guess you could say and so that particular channel you could have the same video upload and this is how the algorithm works they do not just put a title up there for people to see. They use channels that have been around for a while that, uh, that they trust, and then those get put in the recommended. Then they created something called the carousel. So if you put any given topic, like I did Henry Kissinger into YouTube, you're, what they did was they, they, they took the normal people channels out and they put in the mainstream media first. So uh, you'll get- Which that prior to, I, I don't know the exact year, 2018, 2019, there were no mainstream media. Mainstream media wasn't on YouTube. Can you remember this? Can you guys remember? Mainstream you, media didn't do YouTube. It was so YouTube. if you wanted a Fox News clip, you had to go to Fox News and hope that they had uploaded it. Or, or it was somebody who pirated Fox News. Yes, but, but if, there was no mainstream media on YouTube. They didn't cover stories on YouTube. Right now, it needs to be called mainstream media tube. Mm -hmm. Back then, it literally was YouTube, and it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't. No. So anyway, so, so I... I'm going to finish my story on the carousel. Yeah. So what they do is they put the mainstream media on the first three pages of, a, uh, of, of any sort of news topic. So what's very interesting is that like Henry Kissinger, if you put that in, you're not going to get a normal person. YouTube is supposed to be YouTube, yeah, a person making videos. It used to be you could go viral, you could get famous by putting, um, by just putting up a video. I mean, Alex Jones was consistently uh, recommended over and over and over again. And he would play in our living room. I'm a player, play him all the time in 2016. And what what happened was they, they put the, the real people, the normal people at the bottom of the carousel, but we found a way around that because if the mainstream media doesn't have the story out yet, then whoever gets the story out gets the search results. So I, this is why I have a giant beef with a Tim pool. I know. And so I'm telling you, I don't watch his show enough to know he whether he has acknowledged our audiences. whether he has acknowledged this or not. Mm -hmm. Our audience, whatever. Okay, I don't care. About I said that. our. No, I like, know exactly. I'm going to go specifically to AJ. Okay. Okay. Alex Jones, yeah. Because if AJ was still on YouTube, 
Yeah. Tim Pool would be barely bringing in enough money to keep himself from having to have a regular job. Right. Now he has 40 employees. Why? Is it because Tim Pool is that great? No, it's because that's where people really struggled. You guys are watching us live on Rumble right now. It was a giant struggle to get you guys to move from YouTube to a BitChute or a Brighteon or something like that. And then thank God that Rumble has finally taken off. But the only reason that years. Rumble took off is because YouTube got rid of everybody and people weren't willing to give up everyone. Mm -hmm. So they find like, fine, I really love Alex Jones or I really love whoever, Resistance Chicks, and I will follow and I will go over to, over to Rumble. Sunday says, um, I, I thought so. I used to watch you when you were on YouTube back then and now Sunday's found us again through Facebook and through, through Rumble. But it's, it's amazing how many times I will get a message from somebody that says, oh my gosh, I didn't know where you went. I can guarantee you that that person stayed on YouTube for a really long time because you didn't follow us and I'm not because offended it's easy. because it's easy, easy to stay on to YouTube. Through the, so, recommend, YouTube has a corner on the market. They've got recommendations. They've got the chats. Yes. They've got, it's literally the interface. Nothing rivals it. it. But Rumble is starting to. It's, but it's, it's very, but you very don't have slow. Any near, right. nowhere near. And the cool thing about at YouTube is a lot of us have diversified interests. Yes. So it's not just political on right. YouTube. On Mumble, you're just going, you're not going to learn how to make a pizza. Well, you no, but I mean? they're starting. Mm -hmm. um, and, and here's how I can, how I know, because they're putting up raunchy stuff too, which is really infuriating. Well, that's the only way they're making real money. The recommended right now. stuff at the, 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 the top. But my, my point of, of all of this is to say, Tim Pool now has Alex Jones' audience. He stole them. And so, yeah. and he, I don't know that he acknowledges that enough. Like, hey guys, I'm so glad that you're here and I'm so sorry that the only reason that you're here is because they got rid of Alex Jones and everyone like him. Mm -hmm. The only reason you follow me is because they kicked off. So he's, it's, it is like the Hunger because Games. Because he made he's a the deal last with man standing. He made a deal with YouTube. Yes. When it came to the election and he told us, I talked to YouTube. I didn't get to talk to YouTube. Right. I didn't. Here's the thing. If YouTube, if I got a chance to talk to YouTube executives and they said, hey, Leah, Michelle, we'll keep you monetized. We'll let you have your super chats. Just don't Just talk don't about the election. Just don't say this or this. Yes. So he literally went to the executives of YouTube and they said, okay, if you talk about the election, what we want you to do is not say, you can't say it's stolen. Yeah. So he said, so he stopped on a dime talking about anything about the election. He had to, he had to do his thing. He's a sellout. He had to do something. YouTube said, you have to say Joe Biden won. And if you cover anything election wise, yeah. it has to be a Joe Biden won. Right. And you can't say Trump won. You can't say it. And right. he was like, there was like two things you it couldn't say. It was a say. struggle session. It was like, there were two things you couldn't say in the same video. He's like, you can't say Trump won and Biden lost. Or you can't say, you know, it was all strange things. Because at first he was covering the Giuliani thing. So that he is a sellout. And now he will, he, and listen, I'll listen to some of his videos because he has the right people on. And that's just the way it is. But what, what, this, 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 uh, this line of thinking that started when I'm thinking about Seth, Seth Rich and I'm kind of getting a little nostalgic of the, the times where we were on YouTube for four years of solid, solid four years. Of I try not to remember it. The time period is not lost on me. These seven years, and we knew it then when we talked about the solar eclipse, and we were like, guys, just watch these next seven years. Who knew? I said it, but I didn't know it until now we are coming at the close of those seven years, and I'm going, we prophesied that, yeah. and it's real, and this seven-year period, watch out for 2024, guys, because oh. everything is about to change. It's the year of the door. 
Now, yes. the Lord gave me a word in 2015. He gave me a couple words. He said, um, Russia, Russia, Russia. And I prayed it over and over again. He, I just kept praying Sunday, 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 over and over and over again. And then I prayed nuclear and then bomb in parentheses. And I wrote this big prophecy. And I tell you guys about this all the time because it wasn't until I was at the solar eclipse. And you can bring up this video here. This is Ohio Gears Up for Once in Lifetime 2024 Total Solar Eclipse. Um, that I had, I was sitting down at the fireplace mm -hmm. and it was January of 2017. And I saw this uh, newspaper clip and it, and I, I, I read about a solar clip and how in seven years there will be another total solar clip and you'd want to go back, go and be in the path of totality because it's absolutely amazing. The sun is covered up by the moon and like the birds uh, go to bed and it just feels really eerie and it like people chase down these solar eclipses and it's like this really big thing. Yeah. But then there was this crisscross that came over and it was like, it's like unheard of, like not ever happening across from sea to sea twice in seven years. Are they going to have that map up in this video? Uh, possibly. Yeah. It's really cool. And so we've been waiting for this. We went to a place in Nash in, um, Tennessee, uh, where we were in the totality in 2017 and I took a newspaper clip and I saw that in January, 2017, this, all oh, this cool, this solar eclipse. I'm going to remember this. And so we met a viewer, uh, at a place to see the solar eclipse where other people were meeting and I'm telling him this word that I've got this Russia, 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 which is obviously confirmed at that point. Yeah. And that was the Holy Spirit. And then as like, I got this one Sunday and I kept thinking Sundays in the chat, uh, which your Bible is coming by the way. Um, and stick with us. How are we going to do the Bible giveaway? Hold on. We'll get to that in a minute. Oh yeah. Stay with us. Forgot. We're going to do a Bible giveaway tonight. Um, so I, we were at the solar eclipse and I was telling this viewer, uh, about this, this Sunday. And I was thinking Sunday as in the, the day of, of Sunday. Right. And then I was like, and then I got this word Sunday and I'm like the sun day, the sun as day. in the day of the sun. Oh my goodness. And the Lord was saying is that he is giving us an opportunity between these two solar clips to get our life right. That's right. To get your gold and silver, to get your land, to get your, to get everything that you can in order spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. So let's roll this clip. Um, this is Ohio's gearing up. It is actually, uh, since I, we don't have to go far to be in the path of totality. Yeah. Like, you know, 35 minutes. 2024, most of Ohio will go dark as the moon crosses right in front of the sun. Is, is this hasn't happened in, in Ohio yeah, since 1806. Play, play it on your computer and see what's going on. Just click play and see it. Hang on, guys. Let me uh -oh. see if Leah's got better audio. I know. Just turn your volume on. It's, there we go. Yeah, you see the moon shadow Maybe they're hearing it right and you over... and I are just having bad audio. Okay. So Ohio will go dark as the moon crosses right in front of the sun. This hasn't happened in Ohio since 1806 and won't happen again until 2099. If you have never seen it before, you do not realize how important it is, how magical it is, and what you will leave with it. In this video by NASA, you see the moon shadow pass right over Ohio. The line on this map shows its path. The areas in blue, including most of Butler County, will experience a total eclipse. Planetarium director at Ohio State, Dr. Wayne Schlingman, says those areas will go dark. The path of totality, it's going to go black. Um, the sky will come out. If it's clear, we're going to see stars. 
And um, right before totality, you will see a wall of darkness coming at you. Butler County tourism workers expect people to travel from all over the region to watch the eclipse. Travel Butler County has been preparing for at least a year. We've been partnering with a lot of our local organizations and small businesses to plan some events and activities and um, different hotel packages that you can get. With 300 acres of land here at the Pyramid Hill Sculpture Park, it could be one of the best places in Butler County to view that eclipse. I think we're planning for about 500 visitors. Um, that is a rough estimate. We could get way more than that. Uh, we know people will be traveling for the eclipse just based on previous eclipse numbers. If you plan to travel and are looking to stay in a hotel for the eclipse, book it now. I'm surprised at how much people are already planning so far in advance. Um, but I would say, especially towards the beginning of the year, is going to be an important time to kind of plan your, your getaway. You may remember looking through your solar eclipse glasses back in 2017. That total eclipse moved south of Ohio through Kentucky and Tennessee, so many of us only experienced a partial eclipse. Dr. Schlingman says, as with any total eclipse, millions will migrate towards the center line in April. I now understand, after seeing my first one in 2017, why people will fly all over the earth in order to see every one of them. It is that cool of an experience. It is. In Butler County, Chelsea Sick, Local 12 News. So they... You pause it there so they can see. But they didn't the give us the X. Okay. So I want to pull up a picture of the actual X. Let's see. Solar Eclipse 2017 and 20, 2024 map. Oh, there it is. All right. So this is the one that we have. Um, well, just trying to, I'm trying to get your image here. Open image in a new tab. Still not very big. Um, so here's the X. It's crazy how perfect it is. Guys, these one solar eclipse in a hundred years, a total solar eclipse in a nation, big deal. Mm -hmm. Huge deal. Seven years apart with the number seven, X between Xing elections. the and covering literally the entire United States from sea to shining sea. Mm -hmm. Okay, I get there's some some lower parts that aren't actually getting covered, but you will see it in part. This is the path of totality, okay? The X is the path of totality, which means if you are in that path where that where the the line is, that blue graph there, but everybody's going to see a partial eclipse. Everybody's going to see a partial. You really want to be in one of these lines. Now, let me to be clear so you guys can follow what I'm saying. Do not really pay attention to the 2017 one. Mm -hmm. If you want to be in the path of totality, you need to look at the line that's the 2024, which it's mm -hmm. wider, you'll notice, so than the one of 2017. You get a little bit more leeway there. Notice that um, the path of totality is in Brookville. So I'm. we will be at Neil's church. We will probably be doing just, an event. We should probably get, start planning we're now. We're just going to start planning now. Everybody, we're going to have a solar eclipse party at Neil's church, and he doesn't know about it yet, but he'll learn He it. will learn about it. Um, but, guys, this is not astrology. Mm -hmm. um, this is astronomy. Mm -hmm. God speaks to us in the signs of the heavens. Mm -hmm. He has always done so, biblically mm -hmm. speaking. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about this until April 8th. I think that's the, the date. Is mm -hmm. that right, Leah? I think so. 2024, mm -hmm. because these are bookends mm -hmm. where God said, pay attention here. Mm -hmm. I'm giving you a chance to repent here. Mm -hmm. Because beyond this, the hourglass of sand, the last grain I can promise you is going to fall April 9th, 2024. This is what you get. Mm -hmm. This is it. Mm-hmm. 
So get it right now. I'm telling you. So, so looking back on all this stuff, my mind is just going, okay, God, I trust you. Well, we had the blood moons in 2014, 2015, yes. 2016. And yes. then we had the Bethlehem star reappear. And then now we've got the two. And the Lord says that he talks to us. Uh, in the stars, he's letting us know. It's just like yes. with Christmas, they follow the Bethlehem star. So watch these total solar You need clips. to get the goggles, the, the little paper ones. You have to get the right ones. Make sure they're not cheap knockoffs if you want to actually view a total solar eclipse. But right. it is not like any experience that you will have ever experienced. It's not. It's not. And you know, I'm going to play this clip here it's because... otherworldly. Um, speaking of things that need to change, Ohio not only allowed abortion up to birth, but also uh, legalize recreational marijuana. So you have some cities in Cincinnati, and I want to play this is kind of local news, but it does affect things world, you know, countrywide. There are Cincinnati cities that are considering a ban on marijuana businesses as Ohio prepares for legalization. Potheads who can't drive. Fairfield and its neighbor to the north, Hamilton, are two of the latest cities in Ohio that are considering prohibiting marijuana-related businesses. Now, many across the state have already banned the cannabis businesses. Fairfield Mayor Mitch Rodas says the proposed ban is not about whether folks in Fairfield can use recreational cannabis, but whether they voted for it to be on their street corners when issue two passed. They were making marijuana legal. I bet I've heard that. 30 times today, or maybe 20 times today. Well, we just thought we were making marijuana legal. We didn't look into the other aspects of it, where it could be grown, where it could be sold, and to what levels. Mayor Rodas tells me if everything goes well in the rollout of recreational marijuana, the city could revisit the issue if the prohibition passes. Anything's on the table. Um, you know, I think you've seen around the country, other cities have loosened up or they've tightened up. Uh, I've seen it both ways when I've been reading. Meanwhile, north of town in Hamilton, city council there is also considering a prohibition on recreational pod shops. I talked with Chamber of Commerce President Dan Bates about the possibility of a recreational cannabis dispensary. For us, it was how much confusion was going to cause in the workplace. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, there are other Ohio laws that really protect the businesses. So, so that was our biggest concern. Bates says the chamber's no longer concerned about that. He went on to say the chamber would support any legal business and welcome them as a potential member. This is a tougher decision, I think, for um, the city leadership than it is for us. You know, because for us, it's a legal business. Hamilton and Fairfield are both expected to vote on the bans before recreational marijuana becomes legal next Thursday. So I guess, I guess it comes up to you, yay or nay, you all support whatever the state yep. decides. Yes, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's legal. And, um, you know, from a business perspective, we support it. Whatever the city does, we will support that too. In Hamilton, I'm Christian Hauser. You know, we talked about this when they when we were talking about legalizing this and how uh, Colorado is not faring very well. Uh, the uptick in overdoses and deaths from overdoses, uh, psychotic events, the um, emergency room visits emergency associated room. with marijuana are up over 100 percent. Yeah. And then hospital stays associated with marijuana are even higher. I know. It's not, it's not something to mess around with, for real. What's also not to mess around with, uh, mom sent me this, apocalypse in the USA, cars and homes disappear. Terrible snowstorm hits New York, Buffalo, and Ohio. So um, maybe not quite that extreme, but I wanted to play some, uh, some footage here. Our fellow... Northeast having some issues here with some snow. That's some snow. Hold it. That's intense. 
those are the kind of days where you just don't want to go outside. Not gone. No. Stay at home. You just be like, you know what? I can't. I'm not. I don't want to go to the grocery store today. Please don't make me. I'm not going anywhere today unless you have to go to the hospital. Need to be at that game. How are you all going to get home safely? Hope you all have four wheels. So I actually, I'm, I'm watching that and I'm kind of terrified because I'm thinking to myself, very soon you're going to look like this, and you're not getting out. And I don't really want to be stranded in an open air oh, stadium. See, that's cars off the road there, mm -hmm. off the road there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Hey, hey, hey. If you are winter, make sure you're full of gas. And I was actually, you know, you were just getting ready to tip the people. I'm tipping the people. Make sure that you have like extra boots and gloves. Yeah. If you're not one yeah. of those people like us that literally travel because of our business covered already, already, with, with already to gear. be ready to be outside. Yes. For a living. Snow so event. we're prepared to be outside. The snow it, fell on the not. downwind side of the lakes where the air rose vehicle. Near Lake Ontario, most areas had 12 to 18 inches of no. snow, but some had more. The village of Constableville, which has about 300 people, had 23.5 inches of snow, the highest amount reported in the state. The snowstorm is almost over. Zach Taylor, a meteorologist at the National Weather Service in Buffalo, said on Tuesday afternoon. But he said that more snow... So it says in this this that it hit Ohio. It certainly didn't hit us, no, no, but no, we're South than. Ohio. Yeah, we got rain and they got snow. Sure. Mm. As a matter of fact, we were up putting Christmas lights outside yesterday without coats on. That you're not the snowstorm was there, the first big one of the season for this area, Holy which is known smokes. for its harsh winters. That People were told to get ready for the bad weather Whoa, and to check okay, the latest forecasts and, and warnings. The east and Midwest just before Thanksgiving, right bringing more snow, rain, and wind. This is okay. This is, yeah, that's definitely a go. winter apocalypse. I will for give sure. you that. So I also have another commercial break. So you can. Did you already stop screen sharing? No. We're okay. Here. So. Mom shared me this. So uh, the, uh, the the Silver Steve from SD Boonia. Now, if we send you guys, if you've got for, uh, investment for, pol for portfolios, if you have um, retirement accounts, if you just got a lot of cash in the bank and you want to know how to diversify your assets to get some gold and silver, we send you to ITM Trading. But if you, like us, are, are, you want to make like a hundred dollar purchase of gold and silver? You go to SD like a hundred to two thousand um, in silver. Then go to SD Bouillon. So they have a Christmas ad. And it's really funny. Did you know that some people believe that red and green are the official Christmas colors? Crazy, right? So I'm leveling up my holiday decorating this year and raising awareness of silver, the true Christmas color. There are so many people that don't even know they're decorating all wrong. But never fear. Silver Steve is here to help. You've all got your Christmas colors all wrong. It's not red. It's not green. Just silver. Now give me an S. S. But to reach people, it's not enough to just tell them about silver. You have to find creative ways to show them why silver is the true color of Christmas. I mean, I even offered to paint someone's car for them.
there's been a little resistance. But thanks to ST Boolean's holiday collection, offering some of the best silver of the season, raising silver awareness is easier than ever. Oh my. Oops. Hey, who's out there? Well, ah, time to go. The SD Boolean Holiday Collection. Get it before it's gone. So. Get him, Brutus! Good doggy! Good doggy! That's excellent so commercial. Cute. That was so fun. So cute! I love it. So I'm gonna take you guys to my bedroom. Oh, Michelle's pink. Um, I have a tree that this is where it's unlit up. Okay, it's pink. It's in my room. Okay. I'm going to show you the picture of it all lit up. Okay. Now, I'm going to zoom in on something in a second. Are you ready? I'm actually in the shot. You can see me taking the picture. Ah! I have hung a little bag of silver and gold on my tree. Don't come rob my house. I'll kill you. <laughs> okay. I wanted to honor the Lord and decided that if you're going to spend money on this stuff... You should celebrate it. Yeah, I love so it. So I put it, I'm showing you again. I put it in a little baggie. My screen's dying out. Put it in a little baggie. Oh. A little pretty bag on huh. my tree. Oh, well. So I sleep with my silver decorating my adorable little pink tree huh. that my friend bought me like 10 years ago because she knows I'm obsessed with the color pink. Oh my gosh. And all of my ornaments are very colorfully, colorful and girly. And That's so fun. I have added, so I am just saying, Steve. You've already done it. You need I have done this. And it's you the do have year. SD Bouillon silver on your tree. I do. I, I should actually take a picture and send it to them or send them my picture. Um, I just want to say that I was doing it before I knew that Steve, this is the second or third year that I have decorated that tree with gold and silver. Speaking of doing things before we were Same. doing things, uh, you guys know that Patriot Gallery, our mom makes really, really great videos and they get just as many views as ours, which is hilarious. So she's uh, doing a good She's job. like really puts together top quality. Like it's not a competition, but like she legit puts together I'm not going to say better, but like just as good. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. She just really does great videos. And I love the, she pulls in clips that I don't even think about. So I really need to play more from her shows on our show. There's a clip here. It's about 18 minutes in, um, from my mom's show. She, what she'll do, she'll put them all up at once. And then she's like, I don't like all the ums. I don't like the breaks that I take because she does not, we do not get our, our fast talk from our mom. And it's just, Maybe it's because my mom didn't talk a lot when we were growing up that we talked too much. I don't know. So There's she likes to, to probably. she she likes to break out the ums and and things like that. And so she puts it up in two parts. It's still in the two parts. She still gets like eight hundred views on her, after she's broken it up. So here is part two of uh, each are ministers servants of God's covenant, and people just click on it. I'm like. Is that something that's like totally like clickbaity? No, it's not clickbaity. But what timestamp are we looking at? We're looking about 18 minutes. But the information in it, like, just know that if you're gonna click on one of my mom's blogs, it's a little fast. Uh, videos, speed she, up she, some. Writes, she 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 does these blogs and then she reads them, so you can go through them with her, and then she plays these video clips in there. Honestly, I tell you guys this all the time. I really just watch my mom's shows. 
Because what she does is she'll pull in. She only only shows I watch. She used to stream on YouTube, and I'm glad that she isn't right now because she's totally completely uncensored. So after a couple of these clips, we're going to go uncensored. We're going to go straight on straight on Rumble too. But she streams just to Rumble, so she's not censored. She plays Alex. Roots activist group of small business owners to lobby against big tech oversight. So they don't want to come off as controlling. They want it to be your idea. The Connected Commerce Council, which is also known as 3C which pitches itself as a grassroots movement representing small business owners is actually a well-financed advocacy group funded by... Just to make a note, this is what the Planned Parenthood did in, in Ohio. People from out of our country, out of the... I mean, not a part of Ohio at all. They said it was a grassroots movement to overthrow uh, our laws in Ohio that forbid abortion up to after, you know, 12 weeks or something or heartbeat bill. And it was all paid for by big corporations it wasn't grassroots at all, and they lied to everybody in Ohio, and there are people who regret now voting for it because they're like, you mean they lied? You tell them what they were actually voting for. They even lied on the ballot. The ballot was a lie, too. So it wasn't, it was all tomfoolery. It was just like this big companies, big corporations did this grass mo- grassroots movement in Ohio to overthrow Ohio's abortion laws. By tech heavy hitters, Google and Amazon, right? So you get behind these guys, what you're really getting behind is Google and Amazon's agenda. The two tech companies are currently the council's sole financial support. Hmm. What do you think about that? Who do you think the 3C entity is paying attention to? But the lobbying watchdog group, the Campaign for Accountability, called 3C an AstroTurf lobbying organization, thanks to the tech giant's financial support. Well, let's take a look at more on these tech giants that with all of this free money and zero interest rate policy have grown oh so much bigger. So we'll take it at Apple. And these are countries. So all the countries in the white with GDP less than Apple's market cap. Gosh, there are not too many. You can even barely see them that are in the black, right? And these are just some of the countries closest to Apple's market cap. Italy, Brazil, Canada, Russia, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But Apple is greater than them. Here's Microsoft. So all the countries in green, Microsoft's market cap is higher than than all of these countries. And the ones with their GDP is closest to Microsoft Epic, um, market cap, Brazil, Canada, Russia, et cetera, all those same guys. Can you see how much wealth is concentrated in just this handful of companies? So all of those that are in this sort of mustard color have GDP less than Amazon's market cap, and all these countries clo- are closest to them. So, I mean, you're starting to get the picture. Here's Facebook, also known as Meta, right? Look at Now, Meta is a little bit down some, but still in all. Look at all of the countries that have GDP closest to Meta's market cap to see this. So how much influence do they have? And who wins the battle between native states and big tech? Well, who has deeper pockets? Because it's always going to be the population that pays. Most of the public debate about AI has quite rightly been about the technology's impact and what it will mean for online misinformation or the future of work. What has been less discussed is what it means for the concentration of wealth and power in the tech industry, but also between countries. Yeah, between countries and who's really going to control these countries. The power of the tech titans rivals the power of the nation state. Here's the top six lobby spenders in Brussels over in Europe. Meta, Apple, Bear, Google, Shell, and Microsoft. This is the lobbying power of Amazon, Google, and company. Big tech spends 113 million euros per year on lobbying in Brussels. So who do you think has a say in the way these laws evolve? Gee, who do you think that is? Digital industry companies are not just lobbying individually. They are also collectively organized into business and trade associations, which are themselves important lobbying actors. So it's layers and layers of money 
funneling into these politicians' pockets. Overall, the comparison with 2021 shows that big tech companies are using more and more resources to try to influence EU policy in their favor. What a shocker, because when it comes to lobbying, big tech are the big spenders now. This is 2005, right? About 10 million. Now they're up to 7 million in the U.S. And, and in 2022, Apple increased its lobbying spending by 44% compared to 2021. I don't know, you guys. What do you think? What do you think about this? Amazon, Apple, Google, Meta, and Microsoft spent nearly $69 million, And we're going to see what's happened in the first half of 2023. Oh, my God, even more. These companies face potential legislative challenges, including antitrust bills that could disrupt their business models of getting bigger and bigger and bigger and controlling the, wall, the world. Despite these threats, the bills did not reach a vote, partly attributed to the tech industry's aggressive lobbying efforts. You think? For goodness sakes, do you think that's possible? You're voting for these people, but who is controlling these people? And of course, I'm not saying that, you know, anybody that first gets into politics, they probably have very, or many of them anyway, would have some idealistic notions. But the money changes everything. And we've seen this over and over and over again in letting the central banks trade for their own accounts and, and Congress. And, you know, I mean, we've talked about it so much, seriously. Google, Oracle, Amazon, and Microsoft awarded a Pentagon cloud deal for up to $9 billion combined. Huh. So, you know, the big just keep getting bigger and we support them, don't we? But we vote with our wallets. This is what we vote with. What are you going to choose to do? Because everything else that's in the system, I don't care what it is, is controlled by these big guys. And that's getting worse and worse and worse. I'd like to say that our votes matter. I'm not sure that they do. Other than this one. Physical gold, physical silver, the only assets that run no counterparty risk and they have to be in your possession. Because if you don't own it, if you don't hold it, you don't own it. So if you have not yet clicked that Calendly link, click below. So wait, let him finish, let her finish. Set up a time to get your, or your gold and silver strategy in place. I was gonna tell them my number. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's gonna like, talk about the Calendly link on theirs. You can just go to ours, one 850 7776 or go to learn.itmtrading.com. We do have a Calendly link. I just never use it because it's not something that's just for you to set up a call. It Just call them mm -hmm. to set up an interview. A little. Get it executed. Wait, no. So we partnered no, with a looming consumer, and there is a crisis looming. And I can't tell you it's going to be Tuesday morning at eight thirty-five, but it certainly could be. And so, what she didn't say so we is partnered that with it, Lynette you, you stopped just... it as I was. You can set up a free call, and yes. that's what she said, and kind of got yes. broken off. I, but I was, yeah, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to tell them about it. I know. Okay. Well, I like Lynette. We, I we very, very rarely ever play Lynette. Okay, they hear you. I wanted Lynette to give I'm it because she gives it way better because it's does. her company. She does do it. And job. Uh, when you see who you're dealing with, you're not dealing with resistance chicks. You're dealing with Lynette Zhang. You're dealing with ITM Trading. You're dealing with a lady and a company that uh, believe in food, shelter, biodiverability, uh, wealth preservation. My mom always puts up the wealth shield she has down there. So, uh, and, and one of her favorite lines is, shields are made of metal. And so there, she's got a couple good uh, videos out today, talk, or this week, talking about how the poop has hit the fan. If you don't hold it, you don't own it. You need to have your assets and tangible assets. And everybody always says, hey, Leah, what about land? What about this? Yes, call them. They will help you create a strategy call. But I'm telling you, we all need money. We need mm -hmm. to trade and, and barter and we need skills. And what they do is they help you, like, like they'll do like six phone calls with you before you even have to um, before you actually buy anything, that's like the average you call, it's a free call and they will help you with your strategy. Take advantage of that. If you have some assets, if you think you might need to move some around, 
Do it And then what they'll do is they'll walk you through the idea of, and, and this is for those of you that aren't going to call, um, but you maybe want to make a $100 purchase or something like that at SD Bouillon. Mm -hmm. I want to tell you, um, silver is your barter ability. Yeah. This is your, when the poop hits the fan, this is what you're going to need to have on hand to be able to exchange with other people. Mm -hmm. Gold is your wealth preservation because... The, the value of silver is so artificially repressed right mm -hmm. now. It's down by like a thousand percent. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. It's something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, probably a hundred at least. Um, it's, it's, it's so far down that they, they control this way, way easier than they control gold. So if you want to make sure that your money is, and your, your, your money is staying secure, gold is 1 million percent where you want to be. If you have a bulk of something, that's your, so, so when Leah and I and Patriot Gallery, when we make purchases, we're doing a lot primarily in silver because I'm not storing up so much for savings as much as I am. I want to be able to move and shake as soon as the poop hits the fan. However, we do buy, as you saw my little $5 gold pieces hanging on my Christmas tree there. I want to make sure that I, I do have assets that are, um, secured in something that is is immovable and um, only going to follow along with inflation, if yeah. that makes any sense. Yeah, and so with the wealth preservation, that's gold. And I don't know how to tell you guys how to switch but over they your know IRA to, into they gold. They will tell you, and how they to can do, all do that. that. So um, uh, I do have. Call. Let's do. I want to do something. Um, another commercial break right now, okay. Leah, because in the chat. Ryan, who I love, hi Ryan Howard, was asking um, about what is the name of Patriot Gallery's Rumble channel. Patriot Gallery doesn't have her own Rumble channel. She had her own YouTube channels and they got deleted. She had Created by Divine Design and the Resistance Chicks Church channel. Both of those got pulled under uh, under Patriot Gallery's videos. Yeah. Uh, it's not her fault. Our channels got, got pulled too. Mm -hmm. So right now you just have to go and look and see which videos she's posted. But they're all under, they're everywhere. Right. They're either on Rumble or they're not on Facebook, um, but they're on Rumble. They're on BitChute. They're on Brighteon and all of that. But the Howards sent us a box. Oh, okay, great. Let's do a commercial break. Let's do a commercial break. So um, the Howards have a, uh, a, a online store. Howards Handmade. And and Angie I encourage you guys um, on Wednesdays and dish scrubbers. Thank you, Mom. So okay, let's finish this and then we'll advertise. We're going to do a giveaway yeah. at the end of at the end of the show. We'll do the giveaway before we leave Facebook. We will do the giveaway. No, we won't. No. No, because we need to give people time to go ahead and sign oh, up for so it. Oh, so we'll have to do it on Rumble. We'll just do it on Rumble. It's mm -hmm. fine. So I'm going to go over to their website right now. But first of all, I'm going to go to their Facebook channel, which is Howard's Handmade. And you guys can go there too. And I want you to follow them because as soon as they get to 100 followers, they're going to do another giveaway. They sent me a wonderful um, crocheted angel-like dishcloth, but mm -hmm. I don't want to use because it's white, so I have it hanging in my room. Yeah. It might have been in the picture of my Christmas tree. Um, so go to their Facebook page, Howard's Handmade. And if you don't have Facebook, I'm going to send you to their website. But they have sent me a box. So they are at 92 followers. They need eight more followers, and they're going to do another giveaway. So howardshandmade.com is their website. So go to howardshandmade.com dot com and get your Christmas presents. So I'm going to just leave this up. Well, no, I'm not. I'm going to make us big, but Howard's handmade. Homemade. I'm so sorry. Howard's homemade. So can Jeez, I just I keep tell you something? Homemade. Homemade, 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 homemade. Oh, go ahead. Keep doing Howard's homemade. Okay. Forgive me, Ryan. I'm so sorry. It's all Angie. He says, um, Howard's homemade. 
me re, 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 refresh that um, phrase there. Homemade. That's a little dyslexia on my part. So they sent a box. And she asked me the other day, she said, did you get a box? I said, is it little? She said, yes. And it was just a thank you. Um, and so I wanted to go ahead and open this on air. I wonder if I should open this first. There's a little card. Yeah. Just a little note to tell you that I started listening to you wonderful young ladies through Bards with Scott Kesterson a few years ago. Michelle and Leah, you're both awesome. Oh, awesome. This might not be from them. No? This is not their box? I don't know. It is handmade. I goofed on the business cards in the front. Okay. All right. So this may not be from them. Oh, shoot. I'm hoping. Well, we're going to do it regardless anyway. I don't think it is. Oh, shoot. It's not your box. So, Angie, forgive me. I thought this was the same box. Let's see. But I do need to open this anyway because we do have a mail call. So, first of all, let's get this right. <laughs> it's Howard's Handmade. I was right the first time. Oops. On... Facebook and on their website, it's Howard's Handmade. Ryan says he messed up on the business cards. So Howard'sHandmade.com. Howard'sHandmade.com. So let me go back here since that's not that. We will do a, a, a break. Angie says, um, no worries, mine was a white box. Nope. We I haven't checked the I checked it this week on Tuesday. I thought for sure this was gonna be the box. I know. Oops. It's not, but we're still gonna do a commercial break. But look at this cool stuff that they have, okay? I am obsessed with this with this crocheted bath loafah, right? They've got earrings. Like, how cool. Like, seriously, all the salves that they have. Guys, there is no reason whatsoever for us to be shopping anywhere else but at Patriot Things. A crocheted hair scrunchie. It's three bucks. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Um, face scrubbers. Crocheted coasters. Um... A crocheted queen size blanket? Are you kidding me? Okay, so go get the blanket. That's amazing. Mm. Like, I That's can't even with you people. So, super cool. Howardshandmade.com. Howardshandmade.com. So, now that I've already opened this box, I'm going to continue to open it. Because we had some, um, some last minute birthday stuff come in. Is this okay? Yeah. So, here's the card. God bless you on your birthday. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. 1 Corinthians 16, 23. Praying God will watch over you in grace and love on your birthday and always. We're going to get to the rest of the news where this is a little commercial break. And remember what we always said, that if you send letters, we're going to read them on air unless otherwise posted. But we usually read them through first. I think this is short. Okay. Uh, this is from Kathy. Happy birthday. I want to start by thanking you for speaking the truth, God's truth. You have helped me see things from a different perspective about my own life. You encourage people by your actions and commitment to God, and you stand firm on God's word. The story of Queen Esther emphasizes the power of God, instructing us we should use the blessings given by God to help others. You, my sister, are a Queen Esther. You are filled with the Holy Spirit, truth, love, and courage. You are a mighty woman of God. To him gets all the praises and glory. Sincerely, your sister in Christ, Kathy. Um, mezuzah, the Queen Esther design, scroll inside, written in Hebrew. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols 
on your hands and bind them on your forehead. Write them on your door frames of your houses and in your gates. Mm. Okay, Kathy, that's beautiful and one of my absolute favorite scriptures. Oh my gosh, so cute. Okay. Yikes. Look at the paper. It's got like little flowers on it. Who knew my birthday was going to drag out so long? You guys are amazing. This is one for the books. I'll tell you that. I wonder if it's like a pen. feels like a pen box. Wait for it. Oh, my. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. This is so cool. Look at it. Look, it's is one it, of the door frame things. Oh, cool. That are, we have um, Jewish friends yeah. that have this. So it says to you bind it on bind your door it frame. on your door, door, door The step. word of God. It's the word. Yeah. So, wow. I'm guessing this a, is an Esther one. Oh, that, how cool is that? So it's written in Hebrew there. I don't want to take it out. Oh, and that's awesome. It's got awesome. little screws and stuff. Look how pretty that is. Can you see how pretty that is? Can you yeah. See how that's a, that's that a scripture. Of taking the, make, making sure that you, you bind the word of God and remember it, put it on your doorsteps. And it's written in Hebrew. Oh, wow. It's in Hebrew, so I'm literally not going yep. to read it. But I think that that's what she was inferring. Okay. That, that is awesome. the story. So That's so cool. That is beautiful. Here, Leah, while I put this away, let's go ahead and do these other three cards. Really? No, let's do it later. Because okay, I really want to get to the show. And then we'll okay, do that that's at the fine. We can yeah. do it at the end. Stay, yeah. But, but, before we move on. So we're giving away a Founder's Bible mm -hmm. every single show. Fridays, Fridays and Sundays. Fridays and Sundays, not Wednesdays. Weeks. For the next Bibles, three weeks, yeah. we're giving away six Bibles. So for tonight's show, if you want to enter into the drawing, what I need for you to do is send me an email right now mm -hmm. with your name. Okay, so go to, so go to your email. You can exit the show and send it to Mass Faith. That's M A S one S Faith F A I T H thirty three at gmail.com and send me an email. And then Patriot Gallery at the end of the show will write them all on slips of paper, and we will. And you can draw every time that you show up to a live show, you will get entered in for the drawing. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I think what I'm going to do actually is um, one person per show. Okay, one person per show. But if you do not tune into the live shows, I want you to still be able to enter. So like today is Friday. Send me an email and we'll enter you in for Sunday mm -hmm. show. Cool. Okay, so MassFaith, M-A-S-F-A-I-T-H-33 at gmail.com. and your address. Because Go ahead and send your happens, address when you submit. So that what, way we can just mail it right to you. What happens in. is that we usually get the email and we don't get the address back. It's so and, true. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so let's run through some of these clips with uh, Ron DeSantis uh, and Gavin Newsom. So we played this clip on um actually i'm going to skip the gender queer, the gender queer one because um i'm going to play this little kind of smirk that he does here gavin newsom watch newsom smirk as desantis brings up herbert nixon flores a criminal illegal alien who killed the mother of a three-year-old girl because newsom state refused to cooperate with ice and those are going to be all those um you can close that out if you want you close this one okay. out yeah well, i'm not screen sharing so just find it and then we'll We'll go from there. Is that it? Here we go. Okay. I really, this guy is such a slime ball. He's just so smarmy. <laughs> smarmy. He knows he lies. He doesn't have a problem with it. Yeah, he's, he's, in, he's just he's, like a creep. Like he gives me creepies. There was an illegal alien, Herbert Nixon Flores, uh, who was in LA, uh, in custody. He was a repeat criminal. ICE wanted to take him into custody because then they would be able to deport him. 
L.A. refuses to work with ICE, and so they wouldn't turn him over. They end up releasing him on the street. He ends up murdering the mother of a three-year-old little girl. Uh, hmm. That hmm. Those policies are deadly. Uh, they do not work. And I'll tell you this. There was an he smirks. What he is that care. face? That's demonic. He's, he that literally is manifesting demons. Yeah. This is a clip where he says, oh, and there's this guy who moved to Florida from California. Excuse me, sir. Yeah, so, but one of the four, things that I did, I had, uh, governor, I was governor, talking to a gentleman, a couple. Guys, I know, guys, I'm going to let, this, a, I'm gonna let the debate breathe. But it's his turn. Let's take, let's take turns. So I was talking to a fella who had made the move from California uh, to Florida, and he was telling me that Florida is much better governed, uh, safer, better budget, uh, lower taxes, all this stuff. And he's really happy with the quality of life. And then he paused and he said, and oh, by the way, I'm Gavin Newsom's father-in-law. So we do count Gavin's in-laws as some of the people that have fled California um, and come to the state of Florida. And, and why, are we, why are we getting people to come? We have a 50-year low in the crime rate. You don't see, in the last 10 years, we've had a 45% decline in homelessness. California's had a 45% increase in homelessness. We back the blue. I was walking the streets of San Francisco a couple months ago, and I had some of the cops in San Francisco do a beeline to come over to me, and I didn't know what they were going to say. And they're like, we want to thank you for standing for law enforcement, because we don't get that support in the All state right. of California. So people understand I mean, quality of life matters. They understand that Florida's doing it right. And I can tell you the numbers speak for themselves. We have way more Let people move moving on. to this state than leaving. Gavin can't say the opposite. More. He actually tried to uh, lie and say more people are leaving Florida for California, but then they fact-checked him, and it was obviously a total lie. Uh, so here we have uh, uh, Ron talking about this. Is, this, this, is, this is the slick politician. You put up the rates. He has 500 per 100,000. Florida is 250. So that's almost Primary. twice as much. And he's trying to spin that to say California's doing good. People are leaving California in droves, largely because public safety has collapsed. Uh, they have, I mean, it, you, you go, when Californians come to Florida, one of the things they'll say, it's almost like an out-of-body experience. They can go to the store, get toothpaste off the shelf, pay for it, and leave. Because in a lot of these places in California, everything's under lock and key because they've basically legalized retail theft. They have chosen in California to put the interests of the criminals over public safety. Uh, they treat, uh, they're easier on sex offenders. They're easier on all these crimes that are leading to a collapse in the quality of life. And if you just walk around San Francisco, uh, you will see, and I think it's interesting, Gavin Newsom was mayor of San Francisco. So he took the San Francisco model, turned that into a template for California's collapse. Now the left wants to take the California model and use that as a template for America's collapse. Well, we cannot let that happen. This is it's good. I mean, he's not, he's, he's dropping truth bombs. It's see. not hard when you're debating Gavin Newsom, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, Ron's doing a good job, but he's like, an, it's easy play. I thought I had, let me see, here it is. Here's the poop map. San Francisco. There's a lot of plots on that. You may be asking, what is that plotting? Well, this is an app where they plot the human feces that are found on the streets of San Francisco. And you see how almost the whole thing is covered because that is what has happened in one of the previous greatest cities this country's ever had. Human feces is now you know a, a fact of life, except when a communist dictator comes to town. Then they cleaned up the streets. They lined the streets with Chinese flags. They didn't put American flags there. They cleaned everything up. So they're willing to do it for a communist dictator, but they're not willing to do it for their own people. 
This is a map okay, of San Francisco. <laughs> <Not even. laughs> He's laughing too, but it's not <laughs> funny. Do you know what kind of diseases and growths oh, no. are transported with poop? Ow. And poop doesn't come out like it should. No! Whoa! And it's not always easy to pick up, Whoa. and you can't clean it. Leah! You can't clean it. Lee! It just uh, smears. Uh. No! It just smears. It's just one big, it's just one big smear of poop. <laughs> With like HIV. And oh come on! And I didn't do it. It's so bad. Leah, I don't know I how you run as, you. The, as the governor of poop. I I first of all, he's literally the poop governor. There are very few people in this world more suited to speak on feces than Leah and myself. Because we pick up so much dog. Because. We are dog walkers and have been for 13 plus years. I don't know how much poop I've held in my hand with a very thin barrier of plastic, but it's a lot. And if we were to pound it up. Oh, it. <laughs> Listen, I tell you what, human poo is like a whole nother beast. It's not the same. What I'm saying is. You went to texture a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to change the subject. You quick. started this. I let's move because it just has a visual of them, everybody trying to pick it up with a bag, like like the dog poop bag, but you can't because it just smears. Leah. And normally dogs go in the grass, but this isn't in the grass. This is on concrete. <laughs> this is on the sidewalk. And I will tell you, as a poop professional. It is so much more difficult to pick up a dog poo that poos on a sidewalk or in the road. Oh! <laughs> that face you just made. Somebody grab a screenshot. He's the dictator of poop. Like, how are we even having this conversation? What is a, what is a miracle? You know what? Now is the time that we play the... the I love this comment from Faith Gal. She's like, stop! <laughs> you know what? I think now is a good time to play for these viewers oh. this clip from Newsmax because... I'm gonna... America, oh. America is in a bad place right now. Okay? I, I don't know that I'm gonna be able to get this to work. We've got a governor, Gavin okay. Newsom, who's literally the poop governor. <laughs> And the crime governor and the robbery governor. And he is up there with his smarmy face and his slick back hair and people are giving him the time of day. Mm. And we have Joe stinking Biden literally with his arm rotting off, falling on the floor like he's literally not with us. And America is, it's one thing like if we had some sort of evil dictator, powerful and strong, you know? But we don't. We don't. We have... Clowns and idiots. Okay, so Sherry let's... says this show has really gone down the toilet. <laughs> you know what, Sherry? If we had more toilets in San Francisco, we would not have this problem. We need toilets, don't we? We need lots of them. Right, and you know what? With the billions of, of dollars going out, why couldn't they just? And they did this. I think in the UK, they just put up bathrooms. Like, why they don't did. they? They did start doing that. Why don't they just put up bathrooms? Because they want you to live with the poop. <laughs> They do. 
They're just that. The Bronx is the bluest of New York City's boroughs and the only borough with the Hispanic majority. President Biden got 83% of the vote here in 2020. But now the Biden campaign is seeing polls coming out saying President Trump is gaining traction with voters of color, even younger voters. So I came to the Bronx to put a face on the numbers and I was shocked by what I heard on the streets. Do you think that President Biden is doing a good job with the economy? No, he's not doing nothing to support nobody. Is he doing a good job? Yes or no? No, no. I can see we're all going to be in the streets homeless. Biden and his press secretary said that prices are going down. Is that your experience or is that not true? No, that is definitely not true. Prices are definitely going up. I used to go across the streets to Fordham to go get me a meal. I can't even get me a meal because I missed $20. <laughs> I don't understand that. But Minority communities, we're not seeing the improvement. Uh, I I, I, there's inflation with everything, food, gas, insurance prices, I mean, you name it. Bidenomics is not working. It's, it's just a complete mess. It's a disaster, especially here in New York City. We're feeling it very hard. If you could say anything to Biden right now who says that the economy is improving, especially in black and brown communities, what would you say to him? That's lies. I believe that's lies. Heavy lies on that, for sure. Do you think that somebody else besides Biden should be president? Yes, Next of time. course. Of course. Uh, bring back Trump. Tell yeah. me why. Um, we want all oh, we want. We have money. We have money. We want Trump as president. Free my son Trump. Free my son Trump. Trump 2024. Everybody. Trump 2020. That's crazy. And we're here. And we're here in the Bronx. I'm gonna vote for Trump if he runs because I feel like it was much better when he was here financially for everybody, not just me for everybody. I'm definitely voting for Donald Trump. He made sure we had money in our pockets. <laughs> he was for the people. He made sure we had what we needed. I feel like everything will go back to how it was. I mean, ever since he's been out of office, everything's declined. When Trump was president, my life was good. Economical-wise, I was doing so much better. They're saying it's going to be Biden and Trump, so who will you vote for? Oh, I ain't going to lie. I'm going to have to go for Trump. Sorry. I'm going to go for Trump. Trump. Always Trump. Here, let me see. Who are you voting for? Trump. Feeling the pain of price hikes is one thing, but the show of open support for former President Donald J. Trump on the streets of the Bronx was very surprising. And it's the sort of thing that has mm. Biden campaign strategists okay. looking very carefully so, at the messaging. Everyone's laughing at us. It's, it's, it's a strange world. Uh, and that says, in Portland, they put it bathrooms and every one of them became a homeless place for street sex and shooting up drugs. Well, you know, porta potties are small. <clears throat> Una, una person, you know, maybe you can change them out pretty easily. Bring this up here. This poor little guy, uh, Kansas City Chiefs no, no, fan. is the porta potty. Mm. Kansas City Chiefs fan. He, the, somebody took a picture of him sideways. So Kansas City Chiefs colors are black and red. Mm-hmm. Somebody took a picture of him just one sided and said, This little boy is wearing blackface. Like, and he's, he's a little racist kid with a little headdress on. Okay. And other people dogpiled on it. So after several woke sports writers dutifully lined up to accuse a nine-year-old Kansas City Chiefs fan of wearing blackface at last weekend's game, one of those writers is now admitting that he judged too early and is now saying that he is an idiot. Roll down, roll, scroll down to this. This poor little kid. I hope that they brought him in for Hand something. up, hand up. I messed up. Behind me is a Chiefs fan. On Sunday, I took this photo from the CBS broadcast and said he was wearing a blackface and a headdress. What I did not do was let more things come out about that photo as the other side of his face was red. And in regards to the headdress, it has come out that he is Native American. His grandfather 
is part of the Chumash tribe and a member of the Santa Ynez band of Chumash Indians. I have since taken down this TikTok and uh, the apologies should be as loud as the accusation. So here's my TikTok saying I am sorry and also I am an idiot. I should have been better than this and should not have just reacted to the screenshot. The story is not as simple as just something on the TV. Anyone? And as somebody who preaches that, I should have done that. And to those of you who are calling me out, I'm completely fair game. Uh, you know, more than fair game. That's how this goes. And, you know, like I said, I should have been better. And I deserve all the backlash. As an apology, I'll be reaching out to the family and asking if this fan wants a, a new jersey or some form of Chiefs memorabilia. But again, I apologize. I got it wrong. And I hope... Um, everybody that saw the original video will also see this. Okay, so his grandfather is part of the Chumash tribe. Get out. <laughs> it's literally Native American. First of all. You know you can't wear blackface if you're black. You can't wear Native American face if you're Native American. Okay, so first of all, Mr. <gasps> Jack, Jack, at Jack Mac Barstool. Oh. Oh my gosh. I am proud of you for owning this. I think that anything short of you doing that would have had you completely obliterated. So this is in part self-preservation. Number two, <clears throat> this idea of blackface is absurd to me. Um, even if the child had had his entire face painted black, mm -hmm. no I, one cares. I know, nine years old. Nobody cares. It's a child. Number two, even if he was not Native American, he can wear a daggum headdress. He looked really cute in that headdress. And anyone that is going to look at that child with that headdress is going to be impressed that he could even wear it because I'm sure it's not light. And he looks adorable. He does. Stop it. So Stop it. What made it so bad... Um. Where did it go? Where's my thing? Where did it? Did I close it out? I didn't close out anything oh, shoot. The, in those. Oh, I well, can pull up what you need. I just wanted to see it back again. Uh, it and I can. Um, uh, if it's in the history, I'll grab it. Okay. What do? You, what did you need? Well, I can retweet it. I just wanted you to see that. Um, we, we just all had the it count, up. We didn't close it. I'm able to. It's right there. Huh. Do I need a, a tweet from this? This is the article. Okay, okay. No, that's not the article. That's Fetterman. Oh, did you close it out? I think it might. I think I might have hit a button. Oh dear God. But Deadspin is a news reporting um, outlet. Did close it. Okay. okay, and you don't really have to see it. It's fine. I can just tell you. Uh, they have like eight hundred thousand followers on Twitter. It's like really huge news, uh, sports news outlet. Okay. And they were the ones that tweeted out and it said the NFL needs to speak out against the Kansas City Chiefs fan in blackface, Native American headdress. And that's what made it go viral with like a million um, people, followers on, on TikTok saying that this kid was a little tiny racist. Yes. Crazy, crazy craziness. Um, in, uh, in, in some political news, George Santos, we don't talk much about him. He's a little bit weird. Uh, he's, he lied to get elected. He has now been ousted from the House. Um uh, Many Republicans are expressing deep concerns over a dangerous precedent being set by uh, former Representative George Santos' expulsion <clears throat> from the U.S. House of Representatives without being convicted of a crime. 
Santos was ousted from the lower chamber on Friday in a 311 to 114 vote uh, with 105 Republicans breaking with 206 Democrats to boot the congressman, setting a new precedent. Representative uh, Corey Mills here uh, says the bottom line is today's unprecedented action taken against the House could influence and endanger George Santos's right to a fair trial by playing judge during executioner. So if you want to bring this up. And- I don't ever want to go political because these pictures that people pick are like the worst things on the planet. So they ha- they haven't found him gri- hey, guilty of the crime. Uh, but they Corey go Mills, Florida 7th District. Expanded. We've obviously just had a very historic vote that took place with regards to the expulsion of Representative George Santos of New York Three. I wanna be clear in why I voted no to expel Representative Santos. In our entire history of Congress, we've only had five people who've ever been expelled, three of which had fought for the Confederacy and were expelled in 1861, and the other two who had been convicted, not accused or indicted, but convicted of actual criminality. We set a very dangerous precedence in America when this institution is allowed to expel and play judge, juror, and executioner on someone who had not had yet their constitutional rights to have their day in in court to approach their accusers before a jury of their peers. We are not a body in which we go at the whim of men or the whim of politicians. But we are based on the rule of okay. law. You can stop it. You get the idea. Crazy. Um, then Fetterman calls for his fellow Democrat Menendez to be expelled from the Senate. It's it's all just very strange. We're not doing politics. Uh, it's all kind of the illusion of politics has been um, taken down. Uh, Sandra Day O'Connor, just to let you guys know, the first woman on the Supreme Court uh, has died today. I just wanted to pop that out. Another there. one bites the dust. Yeah, and in the middle of this, uh, I would like to play a um, ad. Mom's like, you know, my pillow has some new ads, and they're actually kind of fun. So we're gonna play this. My pillow. Except for, don't use that promo code. No, use uh, our resistance shakes promo or- code RC. Promo code RC. I'm excited to. An- Announce that we're bringing back our best offer ever on our original My Slippers. You save $90 a pair with your promo code. And now My Slippers come in even more sizes smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, and all new oh, styles and colors. Get wider. them for your friends, your family, your neighbors, everyone you know. What makes My Slippers different is my exclusive four layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. My slippers patented layers make them ultra comfortable, the extremely durable, and they help relieve stress and you on your feet. Them outside. Like I'm so legit. confident that you yeah. and everyone you know are going to love my slippers that I'm extending my 60-day money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2024, making them the best Christmas gifts ever. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code to save $90. That's only $49.98 a pair. Okay, Quantities so won't last long, so please order now. First of all, I- they're the most comfortable slippers in the entire world. Everybody should own them. They have memory foam. No, there's a second ad. I know. I'm pulling up my uh, Oh, you're ad. picking up yours. You I'm should put that at the bottom. Put right that as a, ban- a banner at the bottom. Hang on. I have to replace it because I think I deleted it on accident. Okay. No. 
It won't work. It's fine. We're, all our all our ad I reels went are gone. I clearing out things, okay, and yeah. I accidentally deleted. I'm excited to announce that RC. we're having our biggest Christmas sale ever. You get our brand new six-piece my towels for only $29.98. Or rejuvenate your bed with a my pillow mattress topper as I low as $99.99. Or how about night. my pillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98? There's something for everyone. Duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. Well, I know my pillow products make for the perfect Christmas gifts, so I'm going to extend my money back guarantee until March 1st, 2024. So go to mypillow.com now or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get huge discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you get our six piece towels for only $29.98, or get your very own my pillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98. It's our biggest Christmas sale ever. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last. Like every night that I, I'm, guys, we've said this to you. Every single night that I crawl into bed in my flannel sheets for my pillow, I love them. Like I love them. Mm-hmm. Okay. They yeah. are the greatest sheets. So back to the slippers though. Yeah. This is huge that they now have these sizes available and wide mm-hmm. because they, they run small. They run small. So they if you're going to get the slippers and you need to get them, mm-hmm. ask for your family member's sizes. If they have half sizes, which might be a new thing that they've added, because I don't think that they had them before, mm-hmm. get a half size up or get mm-hmm. the wide size because they mm-hmm. do run small. I think it's because they're leather. I don't know. Or mm-hmm. maybe there's so much of that in there. But you are going to love these slippers. You will love them. Okay. I remember back to Bard's Fest and Scott's like, we're going to do this slipper res- revolution. I didn't have them then. And I'm just kind of like, meh, what's the big deal? And now I'm like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. It's um they are amazing. So go use promo code RC, mypillow.com, all of your Christmas stuff. All of your liberal friends will mm-hmm. lay their head at night on their mattress topper or on their pillow, or they're gonna walk around their house with these slippers, and they are not going to not use them on principle because they aren't as principled as we are when it comes to stuff like this. Oh they're gonna yeah. use it and they're gonna love it. They will love it. And pray over that stuff. And I'm telling you what, you'll start casting demons out of people. You will. You you absolutely will. All right, what's next, Leah? Yeah, Faith. I thought I had this one up, but I don't think I do. Um, so I'm gonna go to my Twitter account. Joe Rogan says that the Democrats have. I guess I did tweet it. Um, let's see if I just. The Democrats have no play for 2024. It's a beautiful thing, actually. Well, yeah, but except for stealing the election. Okay, yeah. If you're not aware, there's people that are working on the homeless. There's like a shitload of them. And some of them are making a quarter million dollars a year. And they are not... There is something we can do. Guys, if we're going to play a Joe Rogan clip, mute the show if you have children in the room. Okay. Putting a fucking dent in it. They're not effective at all. In fact, the only thing that I saw that was effective at all in stopping the tents and the homeless situation was when Xi Jinping visited San Francisco. (laughs) They fucking cleaned it up like that. Like, you could have done this the whole time. What do they do to those people? Where do they put those people? I don't know, but what are they going to do now? Now that Xi Jinping is gone, are they going to, like, take down the fences and let people camp again? Like, you showed that the overall quality of life of the people that live in that city is not important to you. What's important is the view, the optics. When a fucking dictator comes and visits, which is so 
wild. Yeah, I saw you know the governor Gavin Newsom. I guess, do you think he's? I think he's going to run for. I think I, I'm just wondering. I, you know, I try not to get political, but I'm just like, what's going to happen in the next election? I mean, are, is Biden even going to be able to run? I, mean, I I'm think just like, at this point they kind of have to run him unless he dies. I don't. We don't have. We have one year now. We're in November. We're in late November. We have less than a year. Like what? It, how? What are they going to do? I mean, you could look if Biden died tomorrow. And then what do they do with Kamala Harris? They're going to put her on the moon? Like, what are they going to do? <laughs> She's the vice president. So yeah. if he dies, she becomes the president, which is fucking wild when you hear that lady talk. Well, what if, what if, what if, like, Biden says, like, in, I don't know, May, he says, you know, I'm, I'm just not feeling up to it. And then, and then they say, Kamala's now the president. She's the first female president. And then she steps down at the convention and they said, well, let's give it to, to Newsom. I mean, do you that think that's a plausible scenario? Is possible, but it would be a real problem for people that are Kamala Harris supporters, and believe it or not, they exist. Yeah, but I mean, how? I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure the Democratic Party is just like calculating how they big, have to. Be. How big is this, and what's what's the thing? I like think that? they have fucking no cards, and they're looking at this this game, and I don't know. I think they're depending upon party loyalty. And they're depending upon Trump getting convicted yeah. and arrested. I mean, and, and um, uh, imprisoned rather. But that, I don't know if that's that going to happen. Really do I don't think it is. Because it does, everybody, but everybody's saying that that uh, all these other people, are like, well, I would vote for anybody but Trump. I'd vote for Ron DeSantis. So they really don't have any play at all. And I kind of wanted you to see what the other world is saying. So even. reminder, um, I'm seeing all of your submissions with your emails. If you want to win a Founder's Bible, we're giving them away from now until Christmas, every Friday and Sunday show. So for today's show on Friday, if you're watching live right now, send me an email at MassFace. M-A-S-F-A-I-T-H-33 at gmail.com with your name and address so that if you win, we can just ship it out to you right away. And at the end of tonight's show, we will draw a winner for tonight's show. Yeah. All right. So here is Biden mm -hmm. um, trying to say Xi Jinping, but it's Dao Xiaoping. I've said this, and I've said this to Deng Xiaoping and the Himalayas, and I've said this to every world leader. I've said this, and I've said this to... Deng Xiaoping in the Himalayas. I've said this to every mate. So everybody kind of has to smile when he speaks because you just Dong never know. Deng Xiaoping. You know what? Xi Jinping is a dumb name anyway. Yeah, I, like I think Dong he's Chow. bringing up somebody else. I like Dong Chao. I think he's bringing up another Dong guy. Dong Xiaoping. I think he's bringing up another guy. All right. So Henry Kissinger mm -mm. passed away at 100. Dead died. Ding dong. The dude's dead. <clears throat> you guess when he died? When did he die, Leah? On Wednesday. On Wednesday, when the, we did the our day that Red we Pill. did the Revelation Red Pill about these dudes. About the Carnegie, Rockefeller, and Morgan cabal. And how they, mm -hmm. how they won mm -hmm. over politics. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that really stuck out to me was that the William Jennings Bryan was going to break up the kind of trust bust these large corporations that Rockefeller and Carnegie and uh, Morgan had built. Yeah. And he said, Carnegie, I'm coming for you. Rockefeller, I'm coming for you. And so these guys who were major rivals got together and William Jennings Bryant was running on a Democratic ticket. They don't mind. They don't care what ticket you're running on. And they said, we have to buy the presidency. So they each put in $200,000, which is a equivalent of $20 million. And they went to William McKinley, who was an industrialist in Ohio, and they bought a presidency. 
the Republicans already had a guy for their ticket, but they put their man on the ticket. Yep. He was the governor of Ohio. He was industrialist. And one of the things that we realized, what? So funny. Patriot Gallery? What? Mom says, I only have seven people entered so far. May the odds be ever in your favor. <laughs> so the odds are looking pretty good. So you guys better take time to go and enter right now. Yes. But the fact that she was quoting Hunger Games, literally, I'm sorry I was listening to you, but I just. <laughs> May the odds be ever in your Oh my gosh. But I'm telling you guys something. With Henry Kissinger, he with 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 his death passing at a hundred years old, probably eating baby's blood, but no, actually the devil kept him going. What happened in the turn of the like before the turn of the century, late eighteen hundreds, mid to eighteen hundreds, um, mid to late eighteen hundreds, these guys, these men began to garner control mm-hmm. and then to begin to push a political party wherever they wanted to. They pushed the buttons on the Democrat. They pushed push the puppets on the buttons on the Republicans. And so with Henry Kissinger, he was the neocon. He was the war criminal. So I want to play a few videos that I have up. Let me just start on, with this one because it's right there. Yeah. The man. The myth. The not legend. Henry Kissinger is dead. And in the coming days, you'll probably hear career politicians wax poetic about his diplomacy, about how he improved relationships with the USSR, negotiated the opening of China, put a period on American involvement in Vietnam. So let's get into some of the stuff that you won't hear them talk about. And let's start with Vietnam. As former President Richard Nixon's national security advisor, Kissinger expanded the Vietnam War to include neighboring Laos and Cambodia. He personally approved each of the 3,875 bombing raids in Cambodia in 1969 and 1970. According to the book, The Trial of Henry Kissinger, these bombings left approximately 600,000 Cambodian civilians and 350,000 Laotian civilians dead. When asked about it later in life, Kissinger said, quote, I fail to see the moral issue. Kissinger's foreign policy in Cambodia made way for the genocidal Khmer Rouge regime, which left millions of Cambodians dead and increased the population of amputees in Laos due to unexploded U.S. bombs that remained decades after the war ended. There's East Timor. Indonesian dictator Suharto invaded the country with the backing of Kissinger and the U.S. A declassified U.S. State Department telegram quoted Kissinger as saying, quote, it is important that whatever you do succeeds quickly. Suharto's takeover left 200,000 dead. Then, after a neo-fascist military junta overthrew democratically elected President Isabel Perón in Argentina in the late 1970s, Kissinger greenlit attacks on civilian leaders. A verbatim transcript of an October 1976 meeting between Kissinger and the Argentine foreign minister revealed this gem, quote, We have followed events in Argentina closely. We wish the new government well. We wish it will succeed. We will do what we can to help it succeed. In what became known as Argentina's Dirty War, up to 30,000 students, labor leaders, and civilians disappeared, with at least 10,000 people having been killed. The same, more or less, would be replicated in neighboring Chile, leaving more than 3,000 disappeared or killed and thousands more imprisoned. But this is just a taste of Kissinger's career. We haven't fully talked about Chile or Laos or East Pakistan or the Kurds in Iraq or the destabilizing of Afghanistan or so much more. While there is no final tally on his work, the nation conservatively estimated that Kissinger has been responsible for the deaths of three to four million people. Or to put that into American history terms for you, indirectly caused the same amount of deaths as 1,009-11s or 1,248 Pearl Harbor bombings. So yeah, R.I.P. Henry. What a shining example of American foreign policy you were. Henry Kissinger. Well, that was... All right, Leah. Yeah, so, yeah, go ahead. And under Kissinger, under Nixon and Kissinger, 
and under the ideology that began to become dominant in the United States, the United States was heavily involved in the internal affairs of countless countries all over the world, nominally in the name of stopping communism. That was the ostensible purpose of the Cold War. And yet Kissinger became such a fanatical warrior of the Cold War that he really convinced himself, often explicitly, that there were no moral constraints, no legal constraints, no ethical constraints, no constraints of any kind on the right of the United States, on the duty of the United States government to use military force, to use power, to use coups, to use the imposition of dictatorships. No matter how many pot bodies were piled up of innocent people, and there were millions piled up in the policies that Henry Kissinger helped pursue and helped implement and conceived of and defended, literally millions, that's not hyperbolic. The coups that he helped engineer all over the world were ones in which the United States helped topple the democratically elected governments of countries all over the world to replace them with pro-American dictators as the United States was selling the story to itself and to its population and to the world that the United States stood for the spread of democracy. We were often destroying other countries' democracies in order to replace them with dictators who would be more friendly to the United States. And many of what the policies that he did under Nixon, under Ford, were illegal under American law, including the initiation secretly of a war in Cambodia and Laos that was an extension of the Vietnam War that had no congressional authorization. Most people in Congress didn't know about it. That was one of the most indiscriminate uses of military force in the history of the United States that ended up killing enormous numbers of people for no good whatsoever. That is the legacy of Henry Kissinger. And the reason U.S. officials continue to say that they find Kissinger so admirable and rely on his advice so much is precisely because they continue to follow in his path. That's right. That's it right there. Now, well said, Glenn. if you believe that the United States should not in any way be constrained by morality as it goes around the world pillaging and killing, as long as there's a perception that it's in American interest to do so, and you say that that's at least candid, that of course is never what the United States government or its media say, it's not what most Americans believe their government does, because that is the very definition of propaganda. And the problem is, is that if other people on the planet in these countries know the United States is doing this, that can never be positive for U.S. national security in the long run. Maybe there's some short-term benefit to gain by overthrowing a democratically elected government, imposing a dictatorship helping a genocide where hundreds of thousands of people are died or tens of thousands of people are disappeared. But over time, the world starts to understand or per perceive that your country is a force for evil in the world, not for good. And when you have a multipolar world or a competing superpower now in China saying, you really want to keep following the United States after all these things it's done? Or do you want a new world where you're going to be free of these sorts of imperialist attacks and violence and potentials to destabilize your country that's going to be very attractive to countries, not because China is some angelic country, but because they have a real story to tell based in fact and truth 
that other people in the world see, but that the American population has all often been kept from. And it is remarkable, remarkable, that someone like Henry Kissinger and the blood that he has on his hands is considered one of the most revered and beloved figures in Washington, D.C. and in elite circles that run bipartisan D.C. foreign policy. But on the one hand, while it's shocking that it's true, on the other hand, it's completely unsurprising because the people who continue to run bipartisan foreign policy in the United States really are the progeny, the the seeds, the children of Henry Kissinger and his twisted and rotted mentality. Wow. There's one more here to the right. Yeah. Kissinger, survivors of Kissinger. Here from The Intercept in 2023, there's the title, Blood on His Hands, with a picture of Henry Kissinger. Survivors of Kissinger's secret war in Cambodia reveal unreported mass killings. Quote, Kissinger bears significant responsibility for the attacks in Cambodia that killed as many as 150,000 civilians, according to Ben Kiernan, former director of the Genocide Study Program at Yale University and one of the foremost authorities on the U.S. air campaign in Cambodia. Grandin estimates that overall, Kissinger, who also helped to prolong the Vietnam War and facilitate genocides in Cambodia, East Timor, and Bangladesh, we haven't even gotten to Bangladesh, accelerated civil wars in Southern Africa, and supported coups and death squads throughout Latin America, has the blood of at least three million people on his hands. Let's just stop here for one second. Henry Kissinger has the blood of at least three million people on his hands. This is a very systematic study. This person at Yale specializes in the air campaign in Cambodia. And what they're talking about is the policy of Kissinger in prolonging the Vietnam War, facilitating the genocides in Cambodia, East Timor, and Bangladesh, and the civil wars that he accelerated in Southern Africa, and then the death squads throughout Latin America. And if you total that up, we're talking about somebody who has the blood on his hands of at least three million people. And yet, U.S. leaders have no problem going before the world to these, in front of these countries and saying, Henry Kissinger was a great man who represented us and from whom I sought counsel and advice. One night in December 1970, Nixon called his national security advisor in a rage about Cambodia. Quote, I want the helicopter ships. I want everything that can fly to go in and crack the hell out of them. Nixon barked at Kissinger, according to a transcript. I want gunships in there. That means armed helicopters. I want it done. Get them, get them off their asses. I want them to hit everything. Five minutes later, Kissinger was on the phone with General Alexander Haig, his military aide, relaying the command for a relentless assault on Cambodia. Quote, it's an order. It's to be done. Anything that flies on any, or anything that moves. You got that? So... That was the U.S. approach to the bombing campaign in Cambodia. Anything that flies, anything that moves, you bomb. How is the United States ever having moral credibility to accuse others of war criminality or crimes against humanity? You know what I love? The, the biggest part that he hit right there is the reason why politicians and just anybody in society right now that's going to defend this guy is not going to come out against him is because they're, it's a, they're continuing to do what he 
started. There's no, they don't have any qualms about it. They don't want you to know about it. They're not going to talk about it. So I was asking God to show me, you know, I was kind of thinking about his life. I was watching those clips. I am um, three million dead. How he doesn't even care. Um, and we're going to pop off of Facebook here because I do have an Alex Jones clip that I'm going to play um, about uh, Henry Kissinger and Alex isn't out on Facebook. So we're going to kind of end over there in a little bit. Um, I'm going to get back to his war crimes, but just to kind of give you the idea of where he went financially. So he has a net worth of, he had, when he died, he had a net worth of about $50 million, probably more than that. He was an American diplomat and political scientist. Um, he was born in May of 1923 and he died the day we did our episode asking God to take down all these evil dictators and striking them down hundred years old. Um, after reentering private life, he signed. So he, when he left the government, I just want to kind of go over the money making that he did first. When he left the government, he said he didn't have any like pennies to rub together, but he signed a multi-million dollar book with an advance worth tens of millions of dollars in today's dollars. He began earning a million dollar, uh, a year to be a correspondent for NBC. And that was in uh, the 70s. Okay. That's an unheard of amount of money for the 70s. On a highly lucrative, lifelong public speaking career at sometimes astronomical fees and eventually served various private companies in different capacities. Even late in his life, he even met with Macron. Okay. He was earning huge speaking fees and multi-million dollar contracts to assist businesses. Hmm. He consulted for many businesses, including Goldman Sachs and Disney. He served on the board of directors of 20th Century Fox. Who is this guy that came from, uh, he was a German, okay, and he came to America. We gave him a place to stay. And then he had the audacity to say that we've opened up our doors to too many cultures and too many religions. And he himself is a refugee to America. Just absolutely, it just reminds me of George Soros. He is a George Soros, just a different kind. Even late in his life, he could earn millions for his advisory work. For example, in 2009, he was paid $5 million to help the multinational mining company Rio Tinto distance itself from espionage and bribery allegations. Distance themselves. He's a criminal, and he is rotting in hell. At the time, he was 86. 86, and he was paid $5 million. And in just the weeks leading up to his death, Henry was reportedly approached about joining the board of directors of OpenAI, the artificial intelligence firm behind ChatGPT. He apparently declined due to health reasons and died two weeks later. Henry Kissinger originally arrived in the United States as a political refugee escaping Jewish persecution in Bavaria. He eventually became a naturalized citizens and, citizen, and after sitting in the army, he became one of the most influential political uh, advisors of the 20th century. He is one of the most vocal figures in the implementation of the U.S. foreign policy under Richard Nixon and Gerald Ford. Although he was undoubtedly an influential and innovative, innovative figure in U.S. politics, many observers and scholars see him as a highly controversial figure. Most, I, consider him a war criminal. After leaving political office, Kissinger continued to have a considerable impact on global politics by establishing an international geopolitical consulting firm. In his early life, he was from Firth, Bavaria, uh, the Weimar Republic of Germany, raised alongside one brother by middle-class parents. Heinz became obsessed with soccer at an early age. He became quite skilled and at one point gained a spot on the youth team. 
uh, one of Germany's best clubs during the era. When Heise was 15, he emigrated to the United States with his family to escape rising anti-Semitism. He's a Jew. Uh, in Germany, not long before the Nazis had instigated um, the Night of Broken Glass, which was a violent protest against Jews in Germany. So after leaving the military, he attended Harvard, and he earned a A.B. degree in political science in 1950, and he stayed at Harvard, and then went on to learn his, earn his master's and Ph.D. in 1954. He then remarried at Harvard as a faculty as remained at, fac at Harvard as a faculty member, founding the Center for International Affairs. He led research on nuclear weapons and foreign policy, arguing that instead of relying on the safety of mutually assured destruction, the United States should aggressively use nuclear weapons to win wars. Mm. He's a maniac. Towards the end of the time, uh, as, a, as an academic, Kissinger became involved in various presidential campaigns, first acting as a foreign policy advisor to Nelson Rockefeller, uh, John D. Rockefeller's grandson, who became the governor of New York three terms when nixon beat rockefeller for the republican nomination remember these guys are not our friends rockefeller's the rockefeller family with J, with jp morgan and carnegie bought the presidency of 1893 a republican presidency okay then they proceeded to turn their son mm -hmm. into a politician and he was not on any sort of what we would consider Republican platform. The past 100 years, do not look at ours, do not look at these. Everybody's corrupt, every single one of them. And when Nixon beat Rockefeller for the Republican nomination, Kissinger switched allegiances and joined Nixon's team, despite calling him the most dangerous of all men to have as a president hmm. earlier in the campaign. Henry Kissinger's political career began in earnest when Nixon appointed him as a national security advisor in 1969. Throughout the next few years, both men developed a close relationship as they shaped the world with their foreign policies. That's another word for destruction and death. Kissinger was even more important than the State Department in the development of foreign policy. When Nixon resigned in the face of Watergate in 1974, his successor made sure to keep Kissinger in his previous position as national security advisor. Kissinger was instrumental in developing policies of, uh, I don't know what the word is, and established close diplomatic relations with the Soviets. Of course he did. He always got to work with the communists. Uh, and he also developed, uh, helped establish a ceasefire in Vietnam after he blew everybody to the reins and just, and he pushed on Vietnam, by the way. So during his, after he left the political life in the 1970s, he embarked on a 50-year second career as a highly paid public speaker, author, and corporate advisor. He served on the board of 20th Century Fox, CBS, American Express. In 77, he signed a five-year, $5 million exclusive tele television contract with NBC to be a special consultant on world affairs. And this is the man who shapes what mm. you saw on the nightly news. He literally was able to shape his own image. Yeah what they had done and he was paid to do it and he was handsomely in the 70s he was already already earning as much as six hundred thousand per year from speaking fees but uh, book royalties and business consulting salaries that's the same as earning 2.5 million per year today throughout the late 70s okay, and, i can't do this page sorry you don't have ads. to do that uh sorry, by guys. the late 70s uh, and 80s he regularly commanded uh 15 to twenty thousand dollars for a single speaking engagement that's the same as earning about sixty to eighty-five thousand per speech today, perhaps maybe two hundred fifty thousand dollars for a single engagement. He negotiated a two million dollar fee for a hardcover uh, uh, book, a three-part memoir, *The White House Years*, 
And then he ultimately earned about five billion royalties. However, uh, he just sold the hardcover rights. He kept uh, the softcover and other print rights for himself. His expenses were quite high during this period. At his peak, he spent an estimated 150000 per year on security and assistance, roughly about a half a million dollars. So that's the, the money side of what he did and who he was. And I'm going to say goodbye to Facebook tonight. Make sure that you are you send in your emails for the um, drawing, for drawing. the Founder's Bible. Yeah, and we're going to pop over, and I want to hear you. Roger Stone, who was there with Nixon, a little bit biased, but uh, kind of give you a political commentary on who Henry Kissinger was okay. over here. Goodbye, Facebook. All right, so I don't know if you have it queued up. It should be a queued up, uh, a bit shoot uh, video here. The first hour, Alex Jones on a Thursday. Yep, and queued up around 30 minutes, please. That's good. Home. Uh, it's funny that you bring up Watergate because Henry Kissinger, in many ways, was actually the driving force behind Watergate. We'll get to that in, in a moment. Uh, history uh, lets him escape unscathed. But uh, I knew uh, Dr. Kissinger. The tables have turned on the coordinated invasion of Europe by the United Nations. There we go. Let's try again. Uh, I met him when I was working for uh, President Nixon. Uh, I had uh, much more extensive encounters with him later when I was working for candidate then President uh, Ronald Reagan. Uh, Henry Kissinger was brilliant. He was extraordinarily duplicitous. Uh, he was power hungry. Uh, he was a, a very skillful bureaucratic infighter. Uh, Nixon told me directly that the reason he never destroyed the tapes uh, was because he feared that Henry Kissinger would seek to take credit for Nixon's foreign policy achievements after Nixon's death. Uh, I think that is absolutely accurate. When you say what achievements, well, uh, the strategic arms limitation agreement with the Soviets, uh, the end of the Vietnam War, the opening to China uh, which I defend, uh, frankly, because at the time that Nixon and Kissinger decided uh, to open the door to China, China was a dirt poor agrarian uh, country uh, with more ox than automobiles. There was no way for Nixon uh, to see Pause. that on the advice of Henry. When the devil is doing things, you don't always see how it works out. But when you are one of these cabal elite led by satanic regimes, no, Roger Stone, you don't get to say, oh, we couldn't see that. No, you already saw what Chairman Mao was doing. You already saw the death and the destruction. You already saw that you do not play nice with communists. So do not defend that, Mr. Stone. Go ahead. Henry Kissinger, many years later, the Bushes uh, and the Clintons would give China most favored uh, trading, pardon me, most favored nation trading status. And of course, Bill Clinton would actually sell them uh, our top secret missile target. Sure, to be clear, the reason Nixon did it is 90% of the country did not have running water or electricity, but they had nuclear weapons. He could cut off Russia and drive a wedge between them, which was a very wise move. Uh, precisely what he did. But and you, it's important and you to understand didn't, that and you didn't, though. You didn't. It was not a wise move. He was not trying to drive a web between the communist Russia and communist China. These are guys who think 
industry-wise. They saw massive amounts of natural resources and they made this deal with China who said, we are going to industrialize and you're gonna, you can now use our citizens as your slaves. At least during the Nixon years, Nixon is the architect of his own foreign policy. Henry is an implementer. After Nixon's death, uh, Henry becomes the toast of the very same media that destroyed Richard Nixon. A lot of things people don't know here. First of all, Henry Kissinger was a paid consultant to the LBJ State Department and one of the major proponents of the escalation of the Vietnam War, despite the fact uh, that there was early evidence that the war was not right. winnable. And then later he got a Nobel Prize for a war he then didn't end. So the guy takes credit for things he didn't do. Uh, more precisely, uh, his early patron uh, was Nelson Rockefeller. Uh, he was Rockefeller's foreign policy advisor, but when Rockefeller flamed out early in the 1968 presidential campaign, Kissinger began sending brilliant foreign policy memos to Nixon. Uh, it was only after Nixon hired Kissinger that Nixon learned that the exact same memos were being sent by Kissinger to Nixon's opponent, Vice President Hubert Humphrey, a Democrat. So give us the bottom line on Kissinger. Well, there's a, there's a lot here. I mean, first of all, when the when Nixon learns that the Pentagon Papers, which are really State Department documents uh, that show how the Vietnam War started, how it got out of control, uh, and so on, Nixon was completely unconcerned because all they showed were the mistakes of the Kennedy administration uh, and the Johnson administration. They had no bearing on his administration and his handling of the war. It was Kissinger who went insane. Uh, it was Kissinger who demanded the illegal wiretaps of the uh, national security staff, of White House staff members, and actually members of the press uh, to try to find out who the leaker was. It was Henry Kissinger who, who drove uh, the break-in uh, at Daniel Ellsberg's psychiatrist. Ellsberg was the State Department or the NSC official uh, who actually leaked the Pentagon Papers uh, to the media. It was Henry Kissinger who convinced uh, Nixon to have Attorney General John Mitchell uh, sue the New York Times and the Washington Post in an effort to prevent the publication of the Pentagon Papers, which really were not at all damaging to Richard was, Nixon. Was Deep Throat really a composite of people and was Kissinger part of it? I'm sorry, ask it again. I spoke over you. Was was Kissinger part of Deep Throat? Was Deep Throat a composite or one person? Uh, Deep Throat is General Alexander Haig. Where does he come from? Well, he's a deputy to Henry Kissinger. He is Kissinger's Kissinger, as they say. Uh, uh, excellent uh, uh, documentation of that. So the whole Woodward and Bernstein narrative uh, that you know that that Mark Feld of the of the FBI's dethroned is completely and totally false. Great book by Ray Locker, a longtime reporter with USA, called Haig's Coup, in which he overwhelmingly documents that Kissinger and Haig plotted the removal of Richard Nixon, uh, and that Haig is actually a deep throat, the guy leaking to the Washington Post. And remember when Reagan got shot, Haig said, I'm in command, I'm in control, remember that? Uh, I did, but there's more to that story. I, my next book is on the attempted assassination uh, of uh, of Ronald Reagan. I don't want to get sidetracked here because I've got a lot of dirt to dump on Dr. K before we're finished. Uh, but uh, here's what we know. 
Mark, De uh, pardon me, uh, John Hinckley Jr. shot from a crouching position in front of Reagan. All five bullets that he shot behind and above. That's just a little teaser. So, and the bullet that hit Reagan, which you can physically see from the expression on his face, uh, hits at the exact same time uh, as Hinckley's bullet hits Press Secretary James Brady in the head. How does one shooter shoot two bullets at the exact same time? Not possible. Uh, my next book will reveal who really tried to kill Ronald Reagan and why. I don't want to give away uh, the punchline, but uh, I'd be looking at George H.W. Bush. Okay. You no kidding. That. Uh, former U.S. Secretary of State and National Security Advisor Henry Kissinger died on Wednesday. He was 100 years old. This is from the Mises Institute. Kissinger is perhaps most notable for his work during the Nixon administration when he helped Nixon prolong the Vietnam War and expand it to Cambodia and Laos. But his influence was certainly not limited to the Nixon years. He served in an official capacity in the Ford administration and in more informal roles during the Reagan and the Bush years as well. Throughout it all, Kissinger was a ruthless servant of the American foreign policy establishment. As a Harvard-educated political scientist, Kissinger was employed to provide gravitas and legitimacy to a number of U.S. wars and interventions, most of which ended in bloodbath for the ordinary people of the countries Kissinger came to be improving. Kissinger likely had the most freedom to inflict damage under Nixon, and thus his greatest crimes were committed in the Vietnam milieu. Spencer Ackerman this week uh, officially sums up much of Kissinger's worst deeds. The Yale University historian Greg Grandin, the author of the biography Kissinger's Shadow, estimates that Kissinger's actions from 1960 through 1976, a period of eight brief years when Kissinger made M Richard Nixon and then Gerald Ford's foreign policy as National Security Advisor and Secretary of State, as um, Greg Green Greenwald just spoke about. Um, he killed about three to four million people. No infamy will find Kissinger on a day like today. Instead, in a demonstration of why he was able to kill so many people and get away with it, the day of his passage will be a solemn one in Congress. And shamefully, since Kissinger has reporters like CBS Marvin Golb and the New York Times Hendrick Smith wiretap newsrooms, Kissinger was a practitioner of American greatness. And so the press lionized him as the cold-blooded genius who restored America's prestige from the agony of Vietnam. Not once in the half century that followed Kissinger departure from the power did the millions of the United States killed matter for his reputation, except to confirm a ruthlessness that pundits occasionally find thrilling. America, like every empire, champions its state murderers. Kissinger played a key role in a variety of coups, killings, and bombings across the globe, and he often enthusiastically endorsed regime acts that he knew would target innocent civilians. Kissinger's criminal mind was frequently employed to push the Gulf War and later the so-called Global War on Terror. Kissinger's gimmick was to present himself as the voice of reason by positioning himself as a realist, even though he wasn't actually a realist, and as a dispassionate critic of other foreign policy advisors. Yes, Kissinger never came down on the side of actual foreign policy restraint, and he was reliably hawkish whenever the question of a new war came up. He was about as much, he has he had about as much respect for the sovereignty of a foreign state as Vladimir Putin on his most militant days. As Rothbard showed, however, Kissinger was able to morph between the roles of hawk and ultra-hawk as political realities dictated.
For example, during the Reagan years, Kissinger played the role of moderate within the administration, as Rothbart describes it. One problem is that the Republican, quote, pragmatists were not, are not very dovish. Not only are the grand old Republican isolationists of the pre-1955 era dead as a dodo, but they there are not even any dovish establishment realists of the Cyrus Vance or the George, George Ball variety let alone such grand old men as George Kennan. The battle is between the Hawks and the Ultra Hawks. On the merely Hawk side are the Vietnam War criminal Henry Kissinger and his many followers, warmongers, who, however, want to stop short at the brink of a nuclear holocaust. He is noted as a guy who supposedly had talked down Russia from a Cold War and saved the world from nuclear annihilation. Yay, you. You know what? We shouldn't have those German-made nuclear weapons in the first place. And if we go back to the Rockefellers and the Carnegies and the J.P. Morgans, we wouldn't have had World War I and we wouldn't have World War II. And all of you crazy psychosociopaths that want to send us down another path to which I am not going in the name of Jesus. We are stopping it because the Christians didn't do it in the early 18, in the, in the late 1800s and they didn't do it in the early 1900s and they didn't do it and they didn't look you in the face, you big old fat, ugly slob of a man. Alex Jones said he loved to eat wiener sitchel and sausages and that's why you lived to be 100. I don't know. All I know is that you're a big old fat ugly slob and that you were rotting in hell, but right now you're on fire. Fire. This equal pragmatism is scorned by the ultras, the Kirkpatricks and the Van Cleves, the aliens and the pivots. By the time of the lead up of the Gulf War in 1990, however, Kissinger had left his moderation behind, at least as far as Iraq. And I remember being a child thinking to myself in second grade, who's the president of the United States? It was George Bush. And I was like, just take out why am I thinking that in seventh and as a second grader? Why? Because my grandma is playing the nightly news of these same people, and you're just constantly being brainwashed. Stop listening to the nightly news. These people are literally brainwashing you, brainwashing you, brainwashing you, brainwashing you. Okay, we're perhaps related to Kissinger's lucrative work as a consultant in which his client list included the government, i.e. dictatorship of Kuwait. Regardless of his motivation, Kissinger continued to serve as an important role in pushing federal war propaganda well into his final decades, into his final, final minutes. And you know what? I think we kill him. <laughs> I think that he gave up the ghost because we... Expose the foundation. And I asked God. And I was out there raking leaves. And I was putting, I was listening to the history show thing again about these guys. And I was passing these big old trees in my front yard. And I said to God, let me take an axe to the root and cut it all down. And I pictured myself taking an axe to what these guys have built. <laughs> and you know what? Henry Kissinger died that day. So I'm taking credit in the heavenly realms that he gave up the ghost because whatever demonic stronghold was giving him power was taken away. And that's what we have to do. Because I'm telling you something. These people are not evil amongst themselves. They're not that smart. I'm telling you, demons came up with rocket fuel. Jack Parsons will tell you. He did his little hymn to pan. Mm, little sex magic. Add a little sex magic and get rocket fuel. Not even kidding you. Look it up. You probably, you can probably even still Google that. I don't know. 
I'll James says, Crowley. get it, Leah. All right. Subby says, I love the passion. <sighs> After, here we are. Indeed, Americans in the mid-20th century were perhaps more inclined to do as they were told. After all, where were they to find a dis dissenting opinion? Because Alec Jones wasn't around yet. Okay? And neither was Rush Limbaugh. Okay? I am the kid who had a Walkman you and are. took my Walkman mm -hmm. to the pool at 16 years old. And what that. am I listening to in the little fuzzy earbuds? Noon. Doot, 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 doot. I <laughs> that was pretty good. Okay. I felt it for a minute. Did you? It was good. Rush. <laughs> Limbaugh. <laughs> That's me, 16 years old, just trying to find some dissenting opinion. Okay, indeed. The Amer okay. After all, and that's when Matt's like, I was too, 16. See? Uh, where were they to find a dissenting opinion except in subscription-only physical newsletters mailed out by the small minority of those who dissented from the dominant narratives? Now, um, I actually would like to give homage to um, Bill, Brother Bill, because he sent us Bill a bunch. Burnett. Bill Burnett passed away. He was Pastor Bill Burnett, mm -hmm. and he would go in the 70s. He would hold classes on the Federal Reserve and on IG Farben, and he sent us some of his books and um, he thanked us for carrying on what he did in a small way, like the John Birch Society and all that. So I want to thank you, Bill. You're in heaven. God bless Bill. Okay, so as late as the 1990s, Kissinger was still frequently trotted up as the voice of reason on foreign policy, or as Rothbard put it, Kissinger is so beloved, in fact, whenever he appears on Nightline or Crossfire, y'all watched it, come on. He appears alone, since it seems to be um, le majest, or even blasphemy for anyone to contradict the Great One's banal and unponderous Teutonic pronouncements. Only a handful of grumblers and malcontents on the extreme right and extreme left disturb his cozy consensus. Kissinger's views were often pre predicated, at least publicly, on disproven theories like the domino theory. He uh, helped develop the still-used idea that the U.S. must go to war everywhere on Earth and that some ally, that some ally is threatened or else, as Kissinger put it. We must understand that peace is indivisible. The United States cannot pursue a policy of selective reliability. We cannot abandon friends in one part of the world without jeopardizing the security of friends elsewhere and you're just blowing everybody out along the way. He was demonstrably wrong on this this in Vietnam, of course, and the U.S. loss in that country did not lead to the spread of grand communist coalition beyond that country. In fact, Vietnam and China were at war with each other uh, only a few years later after the Hanoi regime expelled the Americans from the country. If you just go to my Twitter feed, I just want you to kind of see some other people speaking about Mr. Kissinger. Mr. Kissinger. So that was the Mrs. Okay, so as Henry Kissinger leaves this earth, let's not forget that this wanted war criminal was nominated by the Bush administration to lead the 9-11 commission. Talk about the hen, fox guarding the hen house. So if you open that up, George Bush tried to put Henry Kissinger as head of the 9-11, as head of the 9-11 commission, and thanks to Lori von Alken, poignant question about his ties to the bin Laden family, he stepped down. Let's listen to what she has to say here. My name is Lori Van Auken. On September 11, 2001, my husband Kenneth went to work at Cantor Fitzgerald in the North Tower of the World Trade Center. President Bush got to choose who would head the commission. His first choice was Henry Kissinger. 
Today, I'm pleased to announce my choice for commission chairman, Dr. Henry Kissinger. Dr. Kissinger is one of our nation's most accomplished and respected public servants. He worked here at the White House as National Security Advisor, represented America abroad as the Secretary <laughs> okay, of State. Okay, you get that. Okay, let's just go a few more of these. You've got um, Boris Johnson saying, with the passing of Henry Kissinger, we have lost a giant of diplomacy and strategy and peacemaking. The world needs him now. Do you want me to keep scrolling down? I don't see Boris. In mine? No, I don't see it. Right there. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. The world needs him now. If ever there was an author of peace and love of Concord, that man was Henry Kissinger. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Henry Kissinger was a blank and a ghoul and a psychopath. He was an unapologetic war criminal who had the blood of millions on his hands. The ADL, the Anti-Defamation League. Henry Kissinger was a towering intellect, diplomat and practitioner who not only without controversy helped shape American foreign policy with the lasting impact worldwide, a refugee from Nazi Germany and the first Jewish Secretary of State. He was unapologetic about his heritage, blah, 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 blah. So Mr. Nixon and Mr. Kissinger staunchly supported the military regime in Pakistan <coughs> as it killed hundreds of thousands of Bengalis with 10 million refugees fleeing into the neighboring India. New Delhi secretly trained and armed Bengali guerrillas. The crisis culminated in December of 1971 when India defeated Pakistan in a short war that resulted in the creation of the independent Bangladesh. Over down here, uh, and we'll just end with this. Rot in hell, Henry Kissinger, Jewish supremacist. Henry Kissinger is somehow still alive, and in his lifetime, he's been responsible for some of the worst atrocities in the history of the world. As he turns 100 on Saturday, we wanted to recap just a few of the war crimes that stand as his true legacy. Under Nixon, Kissinger oversaw the massacre of millions in Vietnam, Cambodia, and Laos from 1969 to 1973. He was the mastermind behind the carpet bombing of Cambodia, which deliberately targeted civilians, personally approving all 3,875 bombing raids in Cambodia. And to this day, Laos remains the most bombed country in world history. In Chile, Kissinger played a key role in orchestrating the U.S.-backed 1973 coup that toppled the socialist government of Salvador Allende and installed the fascist Augusto Pinochet. Pinochet's brutal regime murdered thousands and subjected tens of thousands more to torture during his 16-year reign. Kissinger aided the Pakistani dictator Yahya Khan against Bangladesh's Liberation War of 1971, enabling the mass slaughter of an estimated 300,000 to 3 million people. Kissinger authorized and armed Suharto, the Indonesian dictator, in his genocidal invasion of East Timor in 1975. This campaign led to the death of over 200,000 Timorese through massacres and forced starvation. In 1976, Kissinger gave his pre-approval to Argentina's right-wing military junta for their dirty war against leftists, resulting in the brutal murder, torture, and disappearance of over 30,000 people. 
This is only a glimpse into the extensive list of Kissinger's crimes, and new things are still being revealed every year. While Kissinger continues to be honored and held in high regard by the mainstream political establishment, it's clear that he should rightfully be remembered as one of the biggest mass murderers in history. Okay. So there you have it, folks. And that is the end of the show. But actually, um, did you close down that Facebook thing I had up? Looks like you closed it down. Uh, yeah, I did. I didn't know what it was. Um, I just wanted to show you that these kids in our local um, Hocking Hills um, um, Future Farmer of American program uh, learned how to um, butcher and tan the hide of a deer. Athens Middle School FFA program. Mm -hmm. I just wanted you guys to see that this is what life is about. So these kids got to see the rewarding process. This this is life. Mm. They um, the deer was brought in. They learned how to skin the deer. These are kids learning how to skin the deer. Um, and then they butchered the meat up. And then they learned how to tan the hide. That's amazing. And then they strung it out to, to scrape this. So they're wow. scraping the hide. And I just, in the midst of all the craziness going on right now, um, this is what we want to bring back. Self-sufficiency. These kids are going to learn. They learned a valuable lesson on um, how to take care of themselves, That's how to phenomenal. feed themselves, how to clothe themselves. This is something that all kids should learn how to do. We yeah. held a chicken butchering class. This is a really amazing skill to, to learn. And kids actually love to tan hides. If you give them this, you uh, if you want your kids to get some exercise, there's something cathargic and so natural about these that particular age of kids that really enjoy scraping hides. I've seen kids just stay on it for hours and hours. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, there wow. you go. Wow, 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 wow. So cool. All right. All right, so we are going to do our giveaway. Yay. Here is one of the Founders Bibles. It's mm. really nice. This is a hardback. This is what you're going to be getting if you win. All right. Inside of it is all of this cool stuff, like calling the nation to prayer and fasting, okay? And all of these amazing stories, and there's really cool pictures, they all go hand in hand with the scripture in that section. And so you'll find as you're reading the Bible through, like Leah and I have been doing, you are getting American history right smack dab in the middle of where it fits with the scriptures, like William Penn here, Roger Williams, the founder of Rhode Island, meeting at the uh, Narragansett Indians. There's amazing artwork throughout this Bible. Um, really cool that we don't talk about enough is that in the back, there's cool things like the missionary journeys of Paul. This is a, a more thicker page. And then we've got um, the ministry of Jesus, a map. And then um, the Constitution is in here. The Declaration of Independence is in here. This is the Constitution, like the Constitution. The Declaration is in here. The Bill of Rights is in here. There's a section in the front for your family tree. It's so, so, so cool. So, Leah. I'm so we excited. We actually have quite a few names now that um, Patriot Gallery has been putting them in here. So, one, you're one winner per the drawings over the next three weeks. So if you've won once, you don't get to enter again. Misty, Misty Smith, Misty Smith, you have now won a Founder's Bible. 
And hopefully you sent your address so we can get it sent to The reason why we don't enter your address into any kind of database, I promise you'll get rid of, I'm gonna delete all of these emails after today and then we'll start fresh again. The address is just so that as soon as you, we have a winner, we can send it to you because what, what has happened in the past is we've declared winners and then you don't email me back. And then it's like, okay, now I have to pull another winner. And it's so it's easier to have your address and I can just mail it right away. So this is fantastic. Um, so this is going to go out this week along with Sunday's Bible. Sunday. Sunday's Bible is going out this it's week. It's been signed. All right. So because we're running so late today, I do have three more cards I'm not going to open right now. Okay. Um, because tonight's show we'll has just Sunday. already gone on. Um, so tune in on Sunday. If you do not tune into our shows live and you want to enter into the drawing for this coming Sunday and this coming Sunday only, you can enter again next week. Go ahead and send me an email and I will start, we'll, we'll start fresh. I'm going to throw all of these away. These are going to get thrown away. We'll use the same clay pot and we'll start putting um, your names in there for Sunday. But tune in live and you'll be able to be there for, so, for the drawing. So congratulations to Misty. Misty is Subby2020 on the chat. So congratulations to you. Very, very excited. Um, good job. All right. So... Um, I think that that's it for our show. Leah, phenomenal show, by yeah, the way. Yeah, we did the ads in the middle of the program. We did do our ads in the middle of the program. And they're not ads. You all need this information. Okay? You need you to need know where to get your Christmas. Slippers. You need the IT and trading. You need all that stuff. And you really, you, you we don't, don't have, have any OBE this, no, down not here. Right now. Not you every show. Have any down not here. every show. Where is it? Leah, calm down. I like to. We need to make another order. I do. I know. We're out of the flawless face for I, I, I know. Are Look, to come they back. are coming back. I know. Because I haven't had it in a couple weeks. Hurry! It's the fountain of youth. It, it no. Go get the uh, the the serum. Organic body essentials, which the website is now um, all on one, so you can just go to organicbodyessentials.com, and all of the um, somebody had CBD posted products there are, on are Twitter there. like Use promo code RC. Ladies, put in your favorite you know face projects, and I was like. They were putting on Dove uh. and Olay and all these different things. So I was like, what is wrong with you people? That's Here, awesome. use Vicky Natalia's. These are totally organic, natural ingredients, essential oils, and prayed over by God. Please don't put petroleum on your face. Sunday says, can you please play for my grandson? pray for my grandson, Nathan? Yes, we will do that right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Sunday's grandson, Nathan. I don't know what uh, he needs prayer for, but God, you do. And so I just lift him up to you. I just pray that you will cover him with the shadow of your wings and that you will oh, protect Lord. him. You will guide him. You will bring him to you and give him a very strong relationship with you, Lord God, that whatever um, is needed right now in his life, life in his soul um that you will give it to him and you will fill him to overflowing in the name of jesus and you will give sunday peace um about her grandson nathan in the name of jesus and everybody else that's tuning in that's listening that says i've got a prayer request me 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 father god you know the hearts of people that are tuning into resistance chicks and i just pray that you bless them because they have said to you father god i want more and i want to do greater and i want my family to be blessed and i want to yes, honor Lord. you so i just pray right now we we pray yeah, healing we pray finance we pray land. We pray um, uh, marriages to be healed in the name of Jesus, for prodigals to come home in the name of Jesus, and any ailments that people have, whether they're headaches or uh, cancers or heart conditions or uh, whatever worries or fears are going on in the body right now, Lord God, we just speak of an abundance of healing and health, and we speak salvation to uh, loved ones right now in the name of Jesus, a softening of hearts as people will be able to speak to their loved ones, and they will be ready to listen right now. In the name of Jesus, we give you all glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. And please Amen. take an axe to the root take of the tree of all the And I just evil. thank you, Father God, that more of these people are going to start dropping like flies. In the name of Jesus. And I just, said what I said. Yeah. Disclaimer, I 
don't even know where Henry Kristner's at. So but the Holy Spirit Leah, does. You know. You just claimed on air that you killed this man. What if the FBI comes knocking at our door? I don't know. Because you said you killed a one hundred year old man. God did. Okay. And we pushed it over. Sherry says, my OBE Christmas gifts are supposed to be here tomorrow. That is so awesome. Devonese, Devonese is coming on Wednesday. Pastor Devonese says, I love my founder's Bible and is so good for young people who are, who need the history as well. Amen. So if you guys want to tune in on Wednesday, we're going to have Pastor Devonese in the house for Revelation Red Pill. Super excited about that. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But until then, Scott always says, or until the next time, out for now. We love you. God loves you. God bless. We'll see you on Sunday for our world news program. It's always phenomenal. There's a lot going on around the world right now. We've got Gert Wilders. Everything's shifting. Yeah. We're winning. I love winning. So good. All right. God bless, guys. i